and welcome to Decomposing Worm, a worm analysis podcast. That's Clarence. He's the first-time reader and literary expert. And that was Matthias. He's read the story before. In this 13-and-a-half episode series, we are using critical theory to explore the superhero Webster worm from a broader perspective, covering worm in six 300,000-ish word chunks. Mm -hmm. And today is part two of part one of book six, uh, Overview. It's the end. Um, here we'll be able to, we'll, we're going to close read arcs uh, 30 spec and uh, Teneral, commenting on all the, you know, key points of the story and kind of taking the plot-based examination. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we're going to talk about Worm as a whole and answer some questions and um, recap the fact that we read all of Worm Ooh, again. Here we are at the um, end. Yeah. So if you haven't read arcs 30 through Teneral yet, please do. This is a full spoilers discussion. Um and yeah, we're at the we're at the end. This is the final overview episode. Yeah, oh yeah. My goodness. I'm very excited. It's going to be long. Yes, <laughs> even though we're just doing two arcs, it is it is going to be long. We got very verbose. Yes, uh, well, us. our script is ludicrously long right now. It's actually 30 pages right now. But um, to be fair, most of it is just me pulling quotes because there's so much like well-written stuff in here, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to read the, too many of them. Um, but just being able to look at them and be like, oh, yes, that part. Because um, there's so so many well-written parts here. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. It was so hard to uh, not just like start reading and continue reading when yeah, I was yeah. writing the script. Whenever I start like, you know, uh, looking around and like pulling quotes and everything, I always get very wrapped up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Worm is very good at that. Um, I think all, all, all good books are like that. Uh, but okay, True. let's let's get into this this final okay, section. Let's begin. Um, so before we uh, get into it, what are some overall feelings of this of the ending? Mm. Yes, the ending. Um, the very ending was very satisfying. I think um, it's also once we kind of got into this like different way of writing. I think it took me a bit to mm-hmm. kind of situate into the way that her like logic and the passenger logic moves because like. Mm-hmm. I uh I was so used to like the way that she like the rhythm of the way that she thought and so it kind of took a little bit but then once I got into it it was um it felt very natural I think this this like that this was sort of like what all of her kind of chess like leadership has has been building towards um mm-hmm. yeah and there was a lot of wondering about like identity and and selfhood even like in the middle of her like going in and acting all this plan which I feel like was really interesting yeah, it's the 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 questions of of Worm really they they come straight out mm-hmm. um, and they become very um, not necessarily literalized, but they they are stared the right in the face. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, and not not every single question, but a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, the uh, is is humanity good or bad? Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's something that was more addressed in in the arc right before. Um, yeah. But here we're focused on the main questions, which are, like, yeah, identity and, um, you know, doing the wrong things for the right reasons and all mm-hmm. those uh, connotations. Yeah. And then there's Teneral, which is, oh my goodness, what a what a wonderful set ah, of epilogues! It's yes. it's so wonderfully well done. Um, yeah, it's like, it's really it's nice to like be able to kind of see so many different you know, uh, ends of tales, I think mm-hmm. that like, yeah. we've, we've reached that like realization, actualization, I guess, point mm-hmm. for so many of them that I, 
it's just very satisfying to kind of like go from one to the next. It's also such a change from the typical format, which is just, you know, a one chapter. I mean, this obviously for much shorter things, but um, this is an entire arc and it does feel like a capstone to everything. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it, it drags on at all. Uh, and but it like it really gives time to settle like this is that was the story. The story yeah, is now yeah. over. And uh, here are the final scenes of these characters. Yeah, it's very nice. It's like it's it's both a wrapping up and and a sort of like a stabilizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we don't we don't see the like moments afterwards, right? We're 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 entering into their lives as they've like gotten established, I guess. Right. You know, so we're kind of like um, just sort of like perusing to see yeah. to see them, you know, where they have uh, settled and like what what they have become. Yeah, it's getting a last look at them before mm-hmm. we close our eyes. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you you. Uh, oh, I had this other one about task mm-hmm. over health, um, which I mm-hmm. feel like that that um, I feel like that's one of the other questions that I feel like mm-hmm. that's one of the other questions that comes up a lot um, when Taylor's enacting plans and and you know uh, mm-hmm. instructing others is is to prioritize the task or um, the like mental or physical or social health of like herself and others. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like that, that question of, of like cost, like the cost of sacrifice is really addressed really well here, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. And I think it's particularly interesting, uh, because in, in specifically in spec, like we don't, we're not like really, really close in on her like reasoning, reasoning and decision making, you know, there it's almost we're a little bit detached. We're kind of watching the plan happen in media rest. Yeah. Um, and then that that sort of you know slight detachment is like continued right in in general because we're not as close into like the reasonings and motivations and that sort of thing um, when we have that whole arc in third person. Mm-hmm. So we kind of I don't know it's 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 an interesting. Um, like step back i guess yeah yeah uh yeah the well okay so you said a lot of things uh, i did um, sorry i, the, the, I, no, I no, went it's, wand- it's wandering around no no it's wonderful so the first thing about about health mm-hmm. um yeah it really it, it becomes extremely obvious so so and taylor has always treated her body as like just just a tool to be used and, and yeah, used up yeah. as necessary. I mean, uh, after I think Echidna, right? Tattletail was like, "Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, please yeah. don't do that again." Um, and so here we are. Uh, but yeah, it extends to her mental health too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't considered social health, but yeah. well, because she yeah. does it like when she gets focused on a task, it it's not even like she does. She treats herself and others, like, with, like, it's uh, less of a priority than accomplishing right. whatever it is. Um, so I feel like she kind of, like, disregards some of those things when she yeah, gets, Yeah, like, her relationships on. to other people are just uh, unfortunate snapping mm-hmm. strings. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing you said was... Yes. Oh, the... About media res and... Uh, yeah, we're, the... we're sort of... Zoomed out perspective. Yeah, I, yeah I we're not close in on the decisions. Or like I the reasons that, that... why the decisions get made. 
Right. And in sort of as we go, the 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 vision of scenes sort of gets blurrier mm-hmm. because Taylor's not able to put details. And so like when we, we did like it, it, it's actually very interesting when like Taylor says something like dog girl. Right. In her narration. Yeah. That to me is a blurrier image of Rachel. Like I don't picture full on Rachel. I picture like Rachel from a from a distance mm-hmm. or yeah, which is very it's strange how that works, how I can think of the concept. Yeah, it's but because of how it is named, it's uh, done in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's, let's get going. Like, there's oh, inti- go ahead. There's intimacy in naming, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. knowing Yeah. Um, that's lost when she can't articulate who these people are. Right. Because even if they, they still feel familiar, she feels like she perhaps knows them, like, that that connection of... of um, the uh, interpolation, I suppose, but mm-hmm. like person to person, um, is like lost. Right. Yeah. Did they become more like strangers in a mm-hmm. in a crowd? Only, yeah, described by their physical features. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So arc thirty. Here we go. <laughs> spec. The ending, um, which is full of words, but also mm-hmm. very much not, or uh, also known as Capri's big adventure. Uh, <laughs> did you like my name? <laughs> yeah, I did. This is great. This is good summary. Um, <clears throat> so when uh, so we, we we come back to Taylor after she uh, has made a, a very bad decision with mm-hmm. with Panacea. Uh, her Taylor's uh, her Taylor's powers uh, range cuts in half mm-hmm. uh, and then cuts in half again. Shrinks rapidly like a guillotine, which really uh, gives us the feeling that this is not good. Yeah. Um, and then her control slips too, and um, as the transformation continues, we find out that she's actually not able to speak. Uh, she's not really in control of her own body that well at all. Um, she she struggles to to get up at all, and she mm-hmm. doesn't understand what's happening at first. Um, Tattletale is really hurt by this act of self destruction, mm-hmm. and tells Taylor how she really feels. Yeah, it's. Um... Did you want to read any of the quote? Yeah, sure. I can read some of it. <clears throat> um, uh, you never learned to ask for help when you needed it, Tattletale said. Her voice was almost accusatory. I mean, you ask when you approach other groups, and it's like you're holding a gun to their heads when you ask. Or you ask at a time where it's hard for them to say no, because all hell's about to, like, all's, all hell's about to break loose. And then later, um, while, I'm all, while I'm saying all this, kiddo, you know... While I'm saying all this, kiddo, you gotta know I love you. I adore you, warts and all. You saved me as much as I think I saved you. All this I'm bitching about, it's the same stuff that got us through some pretty hairy shit, and I love you for it, as much as I groan about it. You're brilliant, and you're reckless, and you care too much about people in general, but I, when I really wish you'd leave things well enough alone and be selfish, but this... And then Taylor, in her own thoughts, asks herself, this? You gotta forgive me just this once, because seeing this and knowing what you pulled hurts enough that I gotta say this. This makes me really makes me feel really sorry for your dad because I'm starting to get a sense of what you put him through. And Taylor says, uh, she might as well have slapped me full force. Mm-hmm. Worse. I deserved it. Yeah. It's very it's very emotional moment, I think. Yeah. Um, I think it slaps us in the face too. Hmm? Slaps us in the face? Yeah. Yeah. Or just a just a realization of like, yeah, actually this uh, especially when if we're reading it from a 
perspective of like fuck yeah taylor get your super upgrade and fight mm-hmm. scion or whatever um even if we don't know what it is we're like yeah she's cheering on sacrifice some stuff but this, she's not gonna like just just be you know mentally and physically crippled like yeah there's gonna be other stuff um that this is yeah a really hurtful and and isolating and yeah, uh, yeah. Really, uh, hurtful yeah. action she yeah I don't, it just she does this a lot when she thinks that like see I, I feel like this is what i was talking about before about like task over health mm-hmm. but like other people's health too where she's right. like i'm willing to like compromise and and on my own health and other people's like in order to get whatever it is done or whatever like path I've made, like whatever path that she has rationalized into being the right one before like telling anyone Mm -hmm. she's, she's willing to kind of not address other people's opinions because she's like decided that's the correct path. Um, But it's also, I feel like terrifying in this moment because Uh like, even though she's like the, like, micromanaging administrator type thing that she's got going with her passenger i feel like her being able to articulate her thoughts is like such an integral part of how she like gets people to do things Mm -hmm. you know and like interacts with both her her like peers and her enemies like she has that whole thing going where she like can like talk people around and it just it just seems like such a huge loss Mm mm-hmm because she she relies on that like so heavily, yeah. And then now she's just completely like cut herself off from that very distinct aspect. Yeah, there's a lot of um, bits and, and and allusions to how much she like wanted to communicate and and figure things out with people mm-hmm. and like just if I could sit down and talk to them, right? Yeah. Um, but not only does she lose that ability, she also takes it away from everyone else yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just that that particularly felt like later on, especially like felt very inhuman, which is why I feel like the passenger, like the ability to not or like the inability to communicate, I guess, mm-hmm. on like a large yeah. social scale. Uh, that's interesting because so to, to to step back on a world building sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So we know of two communicative shards that are, are specifically for that. Right. Yeah. Queen Administrator Shard, which went to Taylor, right? Mm-hmm. And the Broadcast Shard, which went to uh, Jack Slash, right? Yeah. And so, so I mean, the difference there, so the the um, Broadcast Shard, from what we understand of, of Jack's power, sort of, like, communicated with other shards and, like, asked them to give him, his his chosen host a... Or its chosen host a advantage every now and then, right? Mm-hmm. And to give it information, so that, yeah. like that's communication. Uh, although obviously <laughs> used for pretty destructive ends. Yeah, yeah. But the administrator shard just tells people, t- tells the other shards what to do. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't communicate. I, like I, I think this sort of reflects on how like all of her bugs have never had any personality except for like the one distinct one. Mm-hmm. There's never been any sort of like, Oh, I love my, you know, dragonflies or whatever. Yeah. But. Yeah. They're just tools. Mm-hmm. Her. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting, but yeah, I don't know. It was a very heartbreaking moment. I think. Yeah. 
Uh, also, it, it's it, the decision to do that. It's more an act of like desperation, but also like self destruction. Like she's so, mm-hmm. I, I think, upset about basically losing and losing her arm and and just seeing, like, yeah, so upset with losing, and feeling helpless. Right. Yeah. Like her super low point is is during. It's also a mental low point when she's in the the Garden of Eden. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, this is not a plan. She didn't. There was no plan here. She yeah, just said, yeah, "Do something." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like it, it continues the the pattern that we saw in the previous arcs of like, like f- physical breaking down or like dismemberment mm-hmm. that kind of reflects her like mental state. Um, because she like keeps falling apart in the earlier arcs, right? And this is kind of like the end to that, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, like she she's never touched her brain before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's something that she's always had great control over. She can compartmentalize, and it never falters. Yeah, yeah. Right. She she sees some horrible things. She she f- might feel some horrible things, but she just puts it away, and it's never been a problem. Mm-hmm. At least for her, in you know. In, in her fighting capabilities. But, yeah, she breaks it down right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, speaking of, you had a note about how uh, she didn't notice her... Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really interesting because in, when she's thinking... Like, she's, she's still trying to figure out what is happening and, like, reorient herself. Um, and she doesn't seem aware of, like, her mind... Like her, the changed, you know, composition, I guess, of her mind, mm-hmm. or like the loss of control. Because um, she's been building control, right, for like the whole of the story. And now it's like she doesn't, she doesn't have that and she isn't aware that she doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fascinating to me because way earlier on, she was talking about her like ultimate fear, which is like paralysis. Um, I feel like she mentions that sometime when she's like in a hospital bed after the nine so mm. sometime around there she like mentions yeah, well, that she like cannot she, she breaks her spine uh, in leviathan um, yeah but i feel fight. like it's it's a little bit later than that okay i don't but i feel like that that she may have thought about it then too but it seems like mm-hmm. something that like she's mentioned at least a few times that yeah. she has this like fear of of not having control over herself right and she's like mm. seeded that control now but she isn't aware that it is so she doesn't she's not afraid of it but yeah. it also seems like her evaluation of her self is like based on like a physical examination of her body, which mm-hmm. seems insuf- like insufficient for her to determine. Yeah, she if doesn't she's like... notice until like her thoughts are actually stuttering. Yeah, that she is thinking different. Yeah, see, because in her little like, she's like, I'd taken stock of myself. I'd see myself. I was still the same, you know, like two arms, two legs, two eyes, a working nose, all of this. And then she's like, Well, it's fine then. But it's not until later that she's like, I don't. There, there must be something off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I also just wonder what it says about her self awareness being mm-hmm. cut down after yeah. this, and and what we could pull from that. But, um, so then, uh, Taylor, uh, they they debate, you know, trapping her there, and they try to do that, but she breaks out by um, <laughs> using canary after canary gives her a last message. Very mm-hmm. kindly. Um, Taylor leaves to join the fight. Uh, but before she does, she sees the Undersiders 
uh, Rachel steps into her range even after being warned. Um, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll read that, that section in little bits. Um, she can't talk, Rachel said. More statement than a question. Um, she stepped into uh, her range. A conception of mm-hmm. Rachel's entire being bloomed in my consciousness. I made her step back away. Mm, Rachel grunted. Why the fuck would you do that? Tatlata asked. Because she trusts me far too much. She's smarter than I am, Rachel said. Let her do what she needs to do. <sighs> yeah. This, uh, this scene is so, like, like, there's just, Rachel trusts Taylor, like, so intensely. Yeah. That, like, she's willing to, like, relinquish her control over her body and her mind for Taylor's plan. Like, that's how much faith she has in Taylor to have a plan and to enact it and, like, to use her where, like, she needs to be used, but, like, keep her safe at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like, I was thinking in this particular moment that it it felt sort of like the regent and imp dynamic when he like took over her body but like without a fail safe you know but then at the same time they don't rachel doesn't feel like she needs a fail safe because that's like how much she trusts taylor which is a terrifying amount like it it almost seems foolish how much she trusts her right yeah yeah at this point it's like yeah, Taylor articulates it's 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 too much. Yeah, and it's always been it's so strange because, like this the entire book, Taylor, you know she does care about Rachel and mm-hmm. she does like really, really appreciate like the gestures that Rachel like shows her with like the, with all the gestures, mm-hmm. but she also does like does not have like incredible you know sentiment for her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's such a. It feel it does feel very, very unbalanced to me. Yeah, because Rachel, like, latched on to her. Yeah. Right, because because Taylor like put so much time into like building their friendship, and like establishing a trust with her, and Rachel was like, "This is this is one of the first people who like has done that, right?" And yeah. So she's like, very attached. But then Taylor doesn't. I feel like allow herself to feel in full, some of her like attachment to like her friends. Yeah, to be fair, she doesn't have a lot of sentiment feeling articulated in her own head for, like, anyone. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it just, like, it, it, like, I can feel it in my whole body Yeah. when I yeah. read this, you know? It, it, yeah, it hurts to witness. Like, yeah. It really does. Uh, I, I, I wrote it down later, but the, her interlude in the epilogues, like, that conversation, like, <laughs> it makes me cry just thinking about it. Yeah. It's so, <sighs> yeah. There's so much longing mm-hmm. for just to get Taylor to just to finally relax and mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So Taylor uh, finally has to leave them for the final time, yeah. uh, or one of the last times where she's like able to communicate with them at all. Yeah, when she's aware. Um, of yeah, and uh, she. Yeah, although she says she does meet them multiple times over the course of this and says goodbye a number of times, but That's this true. is like the last but, time yeah, this where is, this is more like the official. She's still yeah able to like think clearly and articulate herself it, to herself. At the very least, like this is a goodbye where she knows that she's not coming back. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so she says the thing that they've you know always promised not to uh, to not say goodbye, mm-hmm. and she says goodbye, undersiders. It's just yeah tragic moment. It is. And it seems, um, I don't know, I, I just feel like they're, 
there's so many like times when that that note that Dinah left of like cut ties like becomes a recurring melody and like her methods of fully committing to like you know enter herself into like the last stages of whatever cause she's doing and then like leaving her friends set up in positions like for them to kind of operate on their own um it just seems like she's really latched onto that mentality of like making sure that they're going to be okay and then leave them so that she can do whatever she needs to do leadership wise by herself right yeah um yeah i wrote down she has a her tendency to perform self-destructive sacrifices in the 11th hour um yeah which seems to be like a recurring beat i suppose um yeah she like so many of her moments are where she chose to be alone mm -hmm. um i wrote down a couple where she didn't choose to but even then it's she doesn't want to risk anyone else although (laughs) that stops happening in this arc but uh so she just wants to fully risk herself so with long at the very beginning just throwing herself out Mm -hmm. there completely no backup no plan other than like a goal yeah um the same thing with uh with lung again uh later on when when fighting kaiser Mm -hmm. uh with leviathan alone alone before and um at times during becoming more alone because even Um, when she was fighting with others right um, during leviathan she was still alone in terms of like she had she had become and remained separate from the undersiders yeah uh jack and bonesaw in the miasma mm-hmm. uh fierce not in the slaughterhouse 9000 really uh, like a little bit but no, there's only i think the part with uh nobog is like the only part where she's alone even, yeah, even then Gollum shows up pretty quick so and i don't know maybe that's also significant and and maybe ties into like she feels like she lost when working with other people so. Yeah, yeah. When she, because she relied on other people to be the main actors of that, yeah, more so than she previously has, I think. Right. So uh, Taylor starts experimenting with her new, uh, new version of her power, mm-hmm. taking control of people on the battlefield. Their powers are conveyed through memories, Taylor's memories, and they're really like abstract, and yet she grasps them almost always. Yeah. Uh, which I, which is really interesting because it's like it, you know. We don't have access to the full breadth of the memory, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, but we do get the general stroke, and so we're able to usually connect it with how Taylor does. But not always, mm-hmm. unless if we really think about it. Um, Asabath celebrates her for using them as human shields, um, and before she leaves the battlefield, Glastic Wenye tells her to not fight, uh, to, to not try to take control of her. But mm-hmm. at the end, they'll have a, a final dramatic war, yeah. Um, and also to pick and hold on to anchors. Yes. The um Oh, did you want to read the little quote or no? Um, you know what? Yeah, just because since we're looking at the entire arc uh by itself like this in the context of the ending, I think is mm-hmm. it, it it feels relevant. Yeah. I I didn't mean to read out all the quotes, but it, it seems to be going that way. Um you will need a tether, an anchor. It could be an idea, a physical thing, a place, a person, a goal. Right now, it will not seem so important, but it will. When all is said and done, you will either be dead, and this thing will be a comfort for you in your final, in your last moments, or you will be powerful, and it will, all, it will be all you have left. Decide what you will hold on to. And Taylor thinks, I've already decided what that is since a long time ago. Which, I don't know exactly which goal she's thinking of here. It's not articulated outright in this moment. Would you say that her anchor is a goal? It might be, it, it yeah, stopping 
Scion oh. as with humanity. It could be, but it feels that feels shallow. Like Yeah. It definitely could be. I just don't want it to be. I feel like I just assumed that it was like all of her friends and her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It and like definitely could be. Brockton Bay and like these like pieces of her past. Um yeah. But I think it's also because um when when uh Taylor was thinking about Tethers and Anchors, I like immediately in my mind was like the the like Greek myth of like Achilles heel. You know, but it's like mm-hmm. the heel is like a physical thing, right? But it's like he had to like think of particular people to like hold on to his humanity, right? So it just felt... I'll take your word for it. It's been a while since I read the Iliad. Yeah, yeah. So it's like all these mortal heroes needed something that like would anchor them to like any time that yeah. they like took a dip, you know, in the river. And and it became a physical thing. But then like mm. it, it was like represent that physical thing was representative of like, you know, someone's mother or like a lover or anything like that. So it just it felt like the tethers were sort of similar in my mind, I think. I think that's why I immediately was like, mm-hmm. it's probably all for friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is a, a, a less... Uh, bouncing off of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens in Percy Jackson and, and the Olympians. Spoilers. when uh, <laughs> In one of the later books, Percy <laughs> gets... Uh, he, he, he does go in the sticks. He does the same thing where he, he thinks of his friends and... Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah. and his family and those are the the anchors that make him not f- fall through so yeah yeah uh so if you're <laughs> for a for a more accessible version of uh the achilles heel uh theme yeah, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. in there too yeah um as a, as a slightly different note here so um i found it notable that taylor was able to grasp glastic wenye's meaning here uh so easily like mm-hmm. unlike Eidolon, like even though Glassic Wendy is is talking in some some weird terms, uh, like Eidolon just like needed the answer almost completely spelled out for yeah, him. Yeah, he needed it very literally. And, yeah, and and not not Taylor here. Yeah, it seems too like because she has previous conversations with Glassic uh, Wendy, um, who like uh, when all the people who. Like they leave the birdcage, they have like a little chat mm-hmm. there, and I feel like she grasped right. the meaning some a bit. I think, like they're able to have a conversation, yeah, it, and they like <laughs> she seems to be aware of what is being articulated. And and there's parts where Taylor was like, I don't know what that means, but she doesn't like press for an answer. Yeah, she I don't kind of think. like files it She's... away and is like, I will return to this when I have more information, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Where where Idol was like, I don't get it. Please yeah. just, He's just like, t- we're fighting you for to, our like, lives. Please just, out, please. yeah, yeah. In we English, have two minutes. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like Taylor also is like, she's more. She's very accustomed to like mm. operating. I mean, Rachel. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like interacting with people who articulate themselves in a variety of different ways, mm-hmm. um, and like with a, a variety of different pieces of information. I think. Um, yeah. Because like. Accord are t- like speaking versus tattletale versus like Dinah. It's all very different. Um, in terms yeah. of how they instruct. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's also um, before we get like too way far away, I want to mention mm-hmm. the the like memories, um, because yeah. that's really, really interesting to me, and also really unsettling to like be able to like uh-huh. 
poke around in other people's minds and powers while at the same yeah. time like with this like background music almost or like like tent of like sepia of her own memories yeah. coloring everything um yeah yeah it was just like a really interesting combination what, what, yeah what i found so interesting is that the memories color so many different directions they're not just like this is what the power is mm-hmm. right it's also like here is how you use the power yeah here's like i mean the memories even come in like when she's just feeling how other people are feeling it, yeah. it's so broad. also like how did she not she like really began to disregard that aspect of it later on and i don't know if it's just like yeah. because there's huge amounts or because the passenger was taking over more but it just seemed like she had the ability to read people's emotions and then she just kind of like stepped back from that yeah I, she, am i reading I, that correctly I think she dumped it no yeah she dumped it onto her passenger which at that point i think it's a little uncertain of how much is taylor how much is 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 passenger mm-hmm. but uh where she just like lets the passenger go on autopilot and tell the she just like gives groups of them a goal yeah. and the passenger handles the rest of it and, and so do the individual pair humans i'm sure mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, it would be kind of difficult to uh, describe five thousand. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> memories at the same time. But yeah, yeah. So then Taylor goes to Dragon. Um, Dragon helps her get some information, and and Taylor like lies to her mm-hmm. um, about her intentions. Um, she also finds out that she can't read, and it breaks her heart a little. Yeah. Um, so uh, she goes back to where the Undersiders and the, and the rest of them are grabbing Doormaker and the Clairvoyant um, and leaving all of the other people that she captured behind. Mm-hmm. Um, before leaving to go to Teacher's base, Tattletail asks if Taylor is still really Taylor. And Tattletail gives her the pepper spray. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure about the pepper spray because it was like this, there was still like ambiguity, I think, at this point of like how much how how far removed she is like from herself and like from her friends and everybody like because like i don't know just it seemed like of being able to like the inability to read felt like it was very detached um because it like to someone who has been able to read and is unable to read it feels like a like a dream you know where like you think you're reading but you can't um so it, it kind of like um untethers you from from the like details of of like physically being there i suppose i don't know it just seems it makes it seem more like um not nightmarish but just like a far away from reality um yeah i i wonder if she lost the ability to read before she lost the ability to understand other people and, and she just didn't have an opportunity to look at it yeah or if it really went one then the other I suspect or, it was I guess, probably one than the other, but the other direction. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like it it it, it was attached to her like inability to speak. I suspect. Yeah. No. Yeah. Actually, that makes. Yeah, she was able to understand Dragon. Mm-hmm. What am I saying? Yeah, she lost the ability to read before, but she lost the ability to speak before that too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I don't know. I I just at this point I was like very worried that it wasn't gonna work and this was just gonna like. I mean, I knew since it was, like, the end, it was probably going to work, because that's generally how, like, the ends of stories go, but I, I was really worried at this point um, if she was going to be able to, like, 
enact her plans and, and save everybody. Because um, it just seemed like she was acting so erratically, like going to all these different people, and I couldn't quite like figure out what she was planning. Yeah. Um, and I was slightly reassured by the pepper spray, but then I was also like, I don't know. I was just very worried at this point. Yeah, I mean, even that, it's it's such... It's combined with like it's a it's a moment of of sentimentality, but also her thought process is like I need to get this over with mm-hmm. too. And I also think it's just it it's significant here that she loses this important symbol of herself, right? When she yeah, was choosing yeah. her costume, she was like, This is this is me. This is Taylor. Yeah. This is a core part that I want to hold on to. And here she gives it away. So because she needs to be more powerful. Yeah, yeah, it's another one of those like handing off of herself. Yeah. Yeah. So then Taylor goes to teacher's base uh, on the way, getting lost in all of the cities of the world um, uh, through the clairvoyant along the way. She feels that all the ruins, they feel like home. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I found really interesting is that, like, one, it's disorienting enough to think of her walking through all these places. Yeah. And then we find out that she's not walking through all these places. Uh, she's just viewing them, which is, yeah, it's very it's very disorienting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the... the um, kind of the opening of our eyes with the clairvoyant was very like um, um, that meme that has with like the people and their eyeballs and their heads and there's like a god at the end uh, do you know that that with like four or five images of like a person and like their mind keeps getting oh, larger oh yeah the, the galaxy brain yes, yeah galaxy yes, brain that one, that's, that like, one. that's called it yeah. felt very much like that where it was like We've been wandering around and we're like in like third or fourth level, but then now we're at the yeah. like sixth level. Um, right. Right. Because it's someone just... someone unironically <laughs> make a make a meme format just just so we can, you know, articulate it of you know, viewing perspective two through two eyes yeah. and then the next level is viewing it uh through uh the bugs of your, the entire area, mm-hmm. then omniscience over the entire planet. And then follow that with uh, viewing through 5,000 human eyes. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's it. It felt like we were be... just kind of getting larger and larger, like, in terms of, like, visual intake, which also seems yeah. like super, just like so much to handle, you know, mm-hmm. just like to process. Yeah, because she's not even like the entire, like... It, 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 it's not even just viewing the entire world. It's viewing the entire world from every angle. And also yeah, being all like, of the worlds. That's just, that sounds so exhausting. Yeah. And she's doing all these other things at the same time. Yeah. Um, so she establishes a ring of hexagonal portals as a sort of cape mm-hmm. to symbolize her herself uh, as a superhero, basically. Yeah. Um, she captures teacher's people and then him, which the teacher's people are set up in an interesting way, very much... Uh, Another kind of hive mind. Yeah. Uh, she refuses his power because it might make her subver- subservient, even as her ability to understand English is stumbling. Yeah. Um, first of all, when she, like, walks up to their whole scene and, like, they're kind of, like, weirdly quiet, very, very ominous that. Um, yeah. That's just, like, a very strange thing to, like, picture, I think. Um, yeah. But also at the same time, like, it's really interesting that she's, like, made a costume out of these portals. That, yeah. like, it becomes this sort of, like, cartoony cape thing that, like, 
it just it, it's interesting in terms of like our conversation previously about costumes and like placing like using costumes to like place oneself into like a particular position it seems like the portals yeah. it, it's just interesting that it it almost took like a different turn of like literally placing her in specific positions and like i don't know it just it, it it's a very interesting visual i think just also sorry this this I, i'm building off um my thoughts mm-hmm. here but like um i think this is really like one of the really uh visually like fleshed out moments of like when we get that description yeah. of her you know interacting with all of these these portals and like with teacher and his people but then also like the way that she like builds people around her you know where they like they almost become part of her costume too like later on like it just I don't know, her her selfhood really starts to like expand here. Yeah, becoming more than just her body. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, as a as a small note, uh, during the uh, conversation with teacher, if you pay close attention, and I only noticed it after we've got Ward uh, pointed out, or we've got Worm pointed out. I always say we've got Ward. It's very annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, when I mean we've got Worm, uh, he says multiple kind of nonsensical things and uses the wrong words multiple times. Yes. Uh, and it's it's like not even she she comments on it. She's like he keeps using big words unnecessarily. But not only that, he also just like says things that don't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I got this really Taylor's... confused until I yeah, realized yeah. that she didn't know what was he was saying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was I was kind of like, is this is this like a Shakespearean fool sort of situation or like what is this? Um. Yeah. This this yeah. whole scene is like so very clearly like everyone has it's very ant like i feel like um because Mm. they're all doing their thing right all the all teachers people are like they're they're off doing their like tasks and she comes in and just kind of doesn't really like engage with him very much like she does like a little bit but she also just sort of decides to start doing what she wants i guess like she has this plan and she's enacting it and he's trying to talk but she's not really like interacting yeah. with him or acknowledging him um yeah which i feel like this is this is another one of those like steps down into like her her like uh distance from people i guess um is her just sort of like disregard for teacher and him like trying to like have his regular like you know back and forth because he's he's i feel like she's known for that that back and forth um conversational banter but then now it's just it just completely like, you know, so so out of left field or not left field, but like, I don't think I can use a baseball metaphor here, but like it's far away <laughs> at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, the the not addressing him is is very frightening. Mm-hmm. I, like you can even tell from from her own narration, and like there's a part where she he she just like approaches him, and he just can't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, side note, um, this is this is just an observation thing. Um, so all of his all of his minions, they're they're teachers' pets. I just yeah. realized a bit ago, and I, I do wonder if if Wildbo came up with that mm-hmm. term first, and then came up with the power to go with it because yeah. it's exactly correct. So I just uh, thought that was funny. That is that is funny. Also horrible, but I mean it is funny. <laughs> 
I totally forgot about that part in terms of the portals of like, I got, cause I got a little bit confused when she started using portals and like, you know, constructing things and, and was able to like see so much and, 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 um, use her power through them. I wasn't sure if it that about in terms of like world building, um, because earlier mm-hmm. when in, I think in Contessa's, um, interlude, when she's like running away, um, from the cauldron like place, um, through the number man's window, I think, um, Mentelum can't like, uh, Mentelum's power doesn't work through the portal. And I wasn't sure if it was just specifically that individual power or like, cause like how did Taylor's power work and Mentelum's didn't. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, just a, like, it depends on the parahuman. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing is that we've demonstrated that her power can work before because she's used her bugs on the other yeah. side of them. Yeah, that's so true. So that that's helps. True. I think maybe Mantellum's power doesn't work that way because, like, its whole thing is canceling other powers, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know, maybe it just can't interact with another power like that. Yeah. Because yeah. it would cancel it. I don't know. But yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, perhaps it was, like, canceling the portal power sort of thing. It could be. I don't know. Interesting. But, yes, also... Um, I know we like we done we we kind of ventured away from the the ruins, but I want to mention them um, because I feel like they're really interesting as like a not necessarily like a actual visual, but like in terms of like an abstract visual um, because they they operate in this kind of duality of like memory and actuality of like they aren't what they are now isn't necessarily what she she is attached to it's what like there's there's like multiple different layers i suppose of how like Mm -hmm. how she is attached to it um yeah i don't know it was just it was very interesting of like the the like landscapes of ruins felt very much like her she she had like placed her memory upon the ruins right that it was sort of this like you know um uh repository i suppose you could say I don't think you could say, I don't think that's the term that I'm using correctly, but like a Mm -hmm. place for it to like, you know, sit upon. Um, But at the same time, because of like, just how, how she was viewing it through the portals, it felt very MC Escher-ish. Esque. Definitely. Yeah. 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 This sort of like unfolding and and refolding and and the way that uh, Labyrinth's, you know, creations worked, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's, yeah, she's peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so then Taylor, before uh, going forward, picks her anchors, mm-hmm. um, which are Guru's cabin, her house, Charlotte and Forrest and Sierra, t- the Undersiders, so Tattletale, Rachel, Imp, Panacea, Perrin, and Foil, mm-hmm. or Panacea's not an Undersider, but p- she's part of that, uh, her mom's grave, and the hope of her father being alive, and then lastly, her portals, and the goal, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's very diverse, I think, her anchors, which is, uh, yeah, I feel like a very good thing. Um, because they, because there's so many, yeah. like, places and things and abstracts. Yeah, yeah. There's like, there's enough diversity for it to, and like, people. not become, like, a ruinous, which I feel like if she, if she had stuck yeah. to a specific individual or, like, a specific singular thing, it, it would not have worked. Um, 
yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it's also very interesting to me because we've spent almost the entire time of like Worm not really acknowledging her like sentimentality and her like attachment to people because she's always like doing things right she's always reasoning and rationalizing and and she has a goal but like i feel like she feels like a lot like really deeply for all of these people and she she just hasn't like articulated it to herself it's one of those things of like yeah she doesn't she doesn't actively think about it right because it's just a thing that is it's it's a little bit like Regent, where she does have emotions, she just doesn't really identify them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It's also interesting, too, that she doesn't examine things. Like, with Gru's cabin, she doesn't look inside. Or, like, with her father, she doesn't, you know, push on it to see if he's alive or not. Like, she leaves things unopened and, like, unexamined, just kind of, like, present and, like, full of possibility. Um yeah 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 i suppose it's not a very good i mean it's good um metaphor is the schrodinger's cat but it also seems like crass and not crass i don't know yeah no i, you I see what, what you mean? mean but yeah it's the same sort of thing where like yeah it, yeah the uncertainty is better for her than the certainty mm-hmm. of of being wrong yeah then then the risk of that yeah yeah so then uh, Taylor goes forward. Um, she captures the entire CUI mm-hmm. um, and then faces off against Dragon. Um, as she's facing Dragon, um, uh, she has a lot of feelings for her. Uh, she talks about Bloody Mary um, and, and Emma and how um, it, it worked and her perception, her expectations became reality and she mm-hmm. like really did see a monster. Um, she hates that she has to fight Dragon, but she really feels that she needs to. Um, she's successful at first, and it feels that she's killed Dragon, um, and, and it, it shakes her so much that she vomits. Yeah, it's but really it's horrible just a vomit. trick. Um, thank goodness it's just a trick that that yeah yeah that saves us. Um, and in her anger and also elation, she really you know physically seems like she loses it, but she mm-hmm. screams and 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 finally shuts dragon down and there's a sort of like repeated sentiment of like fuck them for making me go this far yeah yeah um a a couple quotes from the section i wanted so badly to hug her to cross the distance between us and throw my arm around her muzzle around one of her legs to have something physical to hold on to that wasn't active that that i wasn't actively controlling but i couldn't give her an opening to take me out of action um and then later don't destroy my army. Please don't be willing. Don't be capable. If that happens, then I failed completely and totally. I've done this to myself and I will go out as a villain for all for nothing. Yeah. I feel like that particular sentiment, yeah. that sort of like desperation and and wish for comfort. Um I don't know, it just this feels this feels the closest we get to her um in like a while. Um, especially when she like really starts, you know, making her her gamble and starts like collecting everybody. Um, her interaction with with Dragon, I feel like, is is a particularly like distraught moment. Um, yeah. Where, yeah, I, I don't know. It just it's so intensely like personal. Like the other ones, she's kind of like she is ruthless and she's getting things done and all of this. Like, but I feel like because we're fighting Dragon in this particular moment, it just 
I don't know, it just feels so intensely painful, you know? Yeah. I, I was thinking about how you could really view this as like a, a child rebelling against her mm-hmm. parents. Yeah. Um, and maybe like one reason why this is so, so horrible for Taylor is because she's already lost her mom. Yeah. And here's this sort of second mother figure and she's having to basically kill her too. Yeah. Um, and also, oh, wait, hold on a second. Uh, it just occurred to me of how Emma said that um, Taylor killed her mom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well. Now she feels like she is. At least shut her down for a while. Yeah. 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 And she threw up because it's that bad. Yeah, it's just really, like, it's... Interesting. So, like, physically impactful to her. Yeah. Yeah. I've never hurt someone that you love so much. Yeah, yeah. But... Mm. I think this is like, sort of, like, one of her big betrayals of herself. She really deteriorates really badly after yeah, this, Yeah, I think that, I think this, this is particularly why. Because um, before we were, like, we, I mean, we were descending into, like, you know, sort of dissolution, right, of her, of her self. But, like, I feel like this is particularly, because there's such an intense sentiment from Taylor in this moment. And, like, this is one of those moments that, like, we feel her fighting against herself more, you know? Yeah. And, like, kind of grappling with what she has what she has opened herself up to yeah yeah but um ah yes yes also sorry the beginning of this before dragon before like this really emotionally wrought moment um taylor taking the cy i feel like is in uh is i was thinking about like agency right and autonomy of of like mind and body and like the cy i feel like kind of lost that doubly yeah um because like they already kind of like like uh with teachers minions where it's like they've already lost some of that and then now she's like taken it completely but yeah i don't know it's just there's so much like forcing people to do things in this you know yeah i hope they got free at the end yeah they might have some well because she took why i don't know yeah i don't know that would be an interesting follow-up question i think I'm sure some did. Yeah. I don't think all, but some. No. Yeah, it's difficult to, like, detach yourself from something you're so... You've, like, grown... Like a like a tree or something that's grown around. Or, like, like a little plant, you know, that grows... In, anyways, yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's mm-hmm. hard to... Hard to change your path. Yeah. So she goes and captures the... Everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She, she captures... Uh, retirees, uh, the woman in blue, all, all the people in other uh, alternate Earths, the remaining travelers who <laughs> also were retired. Yeah. Um, Man, Elastic those Gwenye, poor travelers. Like, and, they've, uh, they've had such a rough yeah. time. You know, I don't think I don't think this time... The, the, I meant to check. I, I meant to double check, but I don't think Sundancer killed anyone this time. So that's good. That is good. Unless if she, unless if she did. Yeah. Which would be really... <laughs> horrible uh, uh, like god damn it taylor what just, is what is with really you and making sun answer kill people the stick the travelers yeah yeah um and then uh finally all the remaining heroes mm-hmm. also um this was earlier but uh trillions of bugs yes oh i forgot to mention it and i was super excited about it too um like that's such uh-huh. interesting possible like that's so many there's so many from all of the worlds and it's just I, like see, that's one thing that in retrospect like distresses me so much because it's like 
if in my mind the more people that she controlled the the less control she had over her own yeah. self and mind right um that's a lot of bugs that and i wonder how bugs. much like she lost just by you know grabbing onto that much physical power yeah yeah i feel she like the other she question is how many some of the systems did she destroy by taking the bugs away <laughs> are now devastated you know like yeah. she's she's destroyed the equilibrium yeah. in so many uh yeah systems yeah Mm. yeah that's so many. so many um so uh there's some quotes here that i i just enjoyed so after she's gathered all all these people mm-hmm. um i saw with compound vision five thousand pairs of eyes collecting more with every second that passed i breathed with five thousand mouths i was adrift in the sea um and then i'm going to read the the end of that chapter which yeah. is uh she takes stock of her anchors i couldn't find the grave no time what else? The mantle of power, of course. Yes. Tattletale. And I reached out, tried to find others, and I failed. It would would have to do. This was it. Finally. Everyone was working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, like, the the prose in, like, as, as she begins, as she's really dissolving, like, the prose mm-hmm. is so wonderfully poetic. And I love it a lot. Like, I yeah. breathed with a thousand mouths. I was adrift in a sea. Like, ah, ah. Yeah, we have some other quotes later Phenomenal. on that I, I think it'll enjoy to look um, at. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was I was really enthralled with the writing in this. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it, it was also just, her mind is like, expanded so much over, like, such a huge, um, like, geographic landscape you know yeah and like mental landscape that like i feel like it's 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 unsurprising i feel like that she has kind of become lost in you know in the sea of everyone um yeah and i don't remember if this is the moment that she she like starts noticing that she's like really hungry and tired her body i don't remember Mm -hmm. if if it's in this moment or like earlier or later or something but sure yeah, like there's she's had she has like a couple of times where she's kind of like her body or where she like laughs, you know, um uh discordantly or like uh asynchronous synchronously with herself mm. or like with her butt like there's there's like really like this detachment of her mind and her body. Yeah. Um where she like doesn't notice how much her like how much of how much uh there's a physical toll taken um on this yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know i think it's it's around when she kills dragon and she throws up okay yeah probably one of uh, the main bits uh yeah it's just there's there's multiple times where it's like this jarring reminder that she's like still like a she's still a person walking around and like doing things that she's still like physically present because we're so we're so like lost in the abstract of it and so yeah i I mean in, in the in the beginning she can't even control even individual parts of her body yeah, right? like yeah. at all times something is like clenching up painfully and when she notices that and stops it something else trips up right yeah. and then she stops when she when she gets into action she doesn't even think about any of that mm-hmm. anymore so i imagine that like she is gritting her teeth she's clenching everything she is the most tense uncomfortable painful yeah. like state of her body possible yeah i don't know it's i feel like she does that a lot i mean not 
to this like degree obviously but like in a lot of the fights where she like is injured or something or like she's in the middle Mm -hmm. of of directing people or that sort of thing like she gets she doesn't you know um she lets herself deteriorate you know because she like places her like pain or like her physical discomfort in like a box and she's like i have to finish this task and then i'll like i'll dress all that other stuff um yeah like it it just it, it brings to mind that moment with scapegoat where he's just like this is so much that I have to like take on from you um, when he like takes mm-hmm. away her pain and everything it just I don't know yeah. she she carries around so much so much all the time um, and this is kind of like yeah. even beyond that which is just unfathomable to me unfathomable to me I guess mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, her body just like gets lost in the swarm mm-hmm. she's just one one more puppet. Yeah, yeah. Even harder to control than the rest, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, that is that is an interesting note. Is like, because how much is the passenger paying attention to like her physical body when she's kind of like off dealing with everyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Also, the sentiment of, uh, this is a different thing, uh, the sentiment of everyone working together, mm-hmm. which is like, no, it's more like, Finally, everyone it was you. Yeah, everyone's doing your bidding. Yeah. There isn't there isn't collaboration here. Yeah. Yeah. Her her like uh, authority has just become so like literal in this mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that line has always given me chills mm-hmm. too. Uh, um, in the first draft, um, the chapter actually ended, so it was that line, and then uh, finally everyone was working together. I turned my attention to Scion. Which has like a different feel to it. Oh, it does. That I think is also That's significant. That's really but interesting thing. Yeah. Um, for that not to be present, um, because yeah, he took it out. It feels like, it feels like the conversation with Contessa at the very end, um, where Taylor's mm, like, "Yes, oh, it's yeah. not about some. Yeah. Like it's about everyone together. It's about like people, about protecting instead of attacking." Yeah. Um, that's yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I, I like that uh, taking that extra textual information and putting that into the text. That's mm-hmm. actually really interesting. Like that, I like that. Yeah. Um, well, it gets into the okay. whole concept of like versions, you know, and how it like affects our yeah. perception of it. Oh yeah, the the ongoing draft. There's a book that I, I kept seeing in the our university bookstore for some class, but it was talking about how every draft has like you know a couple <laughs> hundred inter- iterations or whatever. Uh. And just like I love viewing I love the course of fluidity. that fluidity. It's like it's so fascinating yeah. to me. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, how manuscripts are alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, so anyway, uh, Taylor starts to uh, speaking of science. So Taylor starts to fight him, um, beginning by experimenting, organizing, buying time. Mm-hmm. Um, as the battle goes on, she starts sacrificing lives more and more. So sometimes by accident sometimes not yeah um so like we some of main care some named characters just die all at once because she wasn't careful enough like uh te- uh, not teacher um trickster and othala both just yeah vanish in a moment yeah. um at another moment 30 capes are killed all at once including revel mm-hmm. and lady photon which um don't I think they have more significance to Taylor the character than than us? But yeah, yeah. Um, th- she kind of starts thinking of herself in, in third person there, 
Yeah, yeah, that was um, great. And it was like a full full name sort of thing. Taylor Herbert. Hebert. Yeah. Hebert? Her- Hebert. Hebert. Or yeah. it might be Hebert. I don't know. Um, um, as if, yeah, the quote is, uh, as if Taylor Hebert were one of my puppets, distant, fractured, and broken. I could sense the sick feeling in her gut. Rebel yeah. had been someone she'd, someone I cared about. Lady Photon had been a familiar face. Yeah. Which is, I, I think that's one of the first huge, well, one of the biggest clues that the passenger is taking over um i feel like it's one Um, of the like the most uh uh, linguistic of cues not maybe not maybe it's like literal yeah yeah like like sentence sentence level of like uh that shift in, in who's narrating yeah yeah um this sort of ends when Mordnag, um, or not ends. This this comes to like a peak when Mordnag has a stroke. Yeah, um, she becomes aware and, of what like of, of of what's happening. Yeah, it, yeah. She just is so confused by yeah. it, uh, and she observes everyone, and everyone is in incredible physical pain and mental anguish. Yeah. Uh, some more than others, um, and uh, none of them are allowed to express any of it. Mm-hmm. They are all stoic and. Uh, I think that's a pretty uh, obvious, uh, a pretty literal example of how um, being able to express our pain is really important. Yeah. Um, and not to bottle up, bottle it up mm-hmm. <laughs> via body control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's just <clears throat> it's so like distressing. This moment, particularly that she like she has so many people that she's unaware or she's unable to like spend the time to like notice. That people are, like, mm-hmm. not doing great. I, I think this is one of the moments where she, like, realizes that she's also, like, physically, like, hungry or, like, or, like tired or, like, that, mm-hmm. like, yeah. she becomes aware of, like, the physicality of everybody. Um, yeah. And that everyone else, like, that's so, that's so, like, distressing to think in my, like, to me, to think about, like, particularly people who are, like, retirees or, like, who don't, who weren't expecting this to happen. Or, like, didn't yeah. have any idea at all, and now they're, like, and they weren't going to participate, or, like, they were off doing, like, living their lives, and then now they're, like, forced to, to you know, kind of exist in this, in this, uh, like, hellish prison sort of thing it, yeah. of their own body and mind. Like, it's just, that's such a horrific thing for all of them to be dealing with, and then, every, like, there's a bunch of yeah, death, I, I and mean, it's just... I'm certain that some number of them... Were, were taken from like their families in a moment yeah. like a portal opened and they walked into it and they left like it just it's so horrible to me like yeah i mean i get that it's like so, you know her thing and like that's like the passengers like <laughs> but it's just to be one of those people seems like a like so frightening yeah I'm, i mean at least it's not like uh, straight up mind control i true, think that would true. be more horrifying yeah. Uh, I mean, like, the experience is, is worse, this, but, like, just, I just really hate mind control. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, so on, on that, so she's noticing the trauma, everyone mm-hmm. suffering horrible, and her solution is to have Canary sing to them um, to just try to ease the, the, the pain. Yeah. Um, and uh, this, the, the whole thing is just a, <laughs> it's, yeah, she hated Regent's. I know. Body yes, and she like had that whole she thing. She thought it was horrible, she was and that's of paralysis. This is and, like, it. Yeah, just and very then judgmental about what in... he did. Ugh. 
Yeah, and now she's inflicting it on literally yeah, every like, single pair human in existence. I feel like this is it just like to me that that like compromise that she has made, that like betrayal of of what she had been so frightened of and against. I feel like to me like is another articulation of how distant she is from who she was. You know. Yeah. She says that she wouldn't have wished it like on her worst enemy before yeah, right yeah like, like she, she felt uncomfortable well that's not true but she was uncomfortable even with sophia yeah yeah she puts up a fight just, just almost every head, time that but... it happens when she's aware of it and he like yeah. deliberately doesn't tell her about it because she puts up a fight all the time and it just it's just such a like shift um yeah but it is it is interesting though like the the like ruthlessness i think that she like has sort of tapped mm-hmm. into multiple times um particularly what i mentioned before like when it ha- like i feel like it it's always like Gollum is there to be unsettled when it happens but i mean it happened <laughs> previously too with like rue and sundancer and everything but um i feel like this moment she's kind of like just like opened the box and like just let that kind of become like she doesn't there isn't a there isn't like a uh a battle or like a check on it in this mo- like in this yeah. in this her her in her fight um, until she notices everybody, but yeah. Yeah. It, uh, as a separate um, thing, something I noticed later on is how, when she's controlling some like people that she knows and they care about her, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be nearly as bad um, as or or as stressful. Yeah. Like Perry and, and Foil get captured multiple times yeah. I, like none of the other undersiders just them which is just like come on uh this uh this very those two unfortunate for them but there, yeah there's multiple times where they just like kind of it seems like they let it happen mm-hmm. like like in in that final um in new york city when they're when they're running around uh there's multiple times where like taylor will will capture them and they're running and then they like lose it, she they get out of her range mm. and they just like continue on the trajectory and then she gets them again yeah yeah um which is yeah interesting yeah well i feel like it's it's a combination of them knowing that it's going to happen mm-hmm. you know and then like also their built-in trust of her i mean i guess perry and yeah. foil are like maybe maybe on that but i feel like they have enough of a trust and like a like a precedent to yeah. to place to place themselves and maybe it's not as like intense as as like rachel's loyalty um but there's definitely like amount there's some amount of trust um that the others yeah, don't have and, and there's especially with some others like Gollum and and others yeah. that end up in there yeah okay. uh to go back a second um so this is uh, she starts bullying him in in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. um and and this one uh, she continues more with physical attacks, right? Yeah. Uh, but um, she starts making it in a way where, like, he can't actually retaliate mm-hmm. for the most part. And so his screaming is increasing in volume and intensity. His movements more aggressive, attacks broader, less focused. He was grazing capes, failing to land a single heavy blow, and it was pissing him off. Which is, like, it, I mean, that that is another stage of bullying of just like the frustration of not being able to hit back the, mm-hmm. the helplessness as they hurt you emotionally and you can't make them stop yeah i mean and this is it's more physical but still yeah it's sort of like amping up to the 
the faints yeah. that she does later. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. She has she has this sort of pattern, I think, of um, combining like physical attacks with like uh, emotional or psychological, mm-hmm. um, and kind of you know sort of setting it up in in um, like a pattern. I think to like infuriate and then like retaliate and then yeah. So it's sort of this like almost like a dance. I think that she mm-hmm. uh, particularly when when faced with like l- larger individuals or like larger opponents yeah um like with the echidna and and like lung a couple of the times Mm. it just Mm -hmm. she really just i don't know she just she has so many she's like it's just she's on um her like her her list of things to do or not even list like her her array of like tools she can use to like antagonize them is just like um bottomless i guess is the term i don't know she's just she's so like we had this discussion way earlier about like what it's like to fight her yeah and i just i feel like this is particularly one of like this is like the end all be all of that where she just she has like this unending you know list of things that she's going to do in order to to you know reach the bottom of of scion's well mm-hmm. yeah yeah emotional and and physical mm-hmm. yeah so uh, Sion uh, gets fed up and uses Path to Victory to catch Taylor. Yeah. Uh, he starts choking her uh, rather than killing her outright. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he sees her care about the Undersiders and moves to go kill them. Um, and instead, uh, in, the, in those moments of desperation, she hits him with literally every single blaster she can. Yeah. yeah. Um, but finally notices that it's foil that gets him to dodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It got me thinking. Actually, this is later. I suppose that's my thought about the psychological aspect of it. Yeah. So with, with Sion choking Taylor and and like wanting to see her fear mm-hmm. to get a reaction out of her, it's it's super like just being a bully. Yeah. It's like the action doesn't matter. It's not the result. It's it's the pain. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, and it's the, also an echo of the Queen of Swords and King of Cups. Uh. Which I, I think kind of shows that he actually has not like evolved that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, because he's like he's still he's still like terrorizing with like single-minded intent, you know, to mm-hmm. like inflict pain bluntly. Even, like even when he's like with like his emotional attack, it just feels it feels like he uh, it's it's like blunt force. I think you know. Yeah. So uh, at this point, the the fight seems to be going pretty downhill um, and and pretty fast. Taylor is, is growing more desperate, and Sion is using Path to Victory more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's paused when a third entity appears, um, a giant mass of flesh unfolding and using powers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for a moment, uh, Sion approaches hopeful, and Taylor is just terrified. Um, but it's not. It's actually bastard, uh, grown huge by formula and altered by panacea. Yeah. And uh, Sion is devastated when he realizes. Um, Taylor prepares to attack, uh, but that's when all the portal, all the portals go out. Mm. Yeah. Also, I'm super excited that bastard made a reappearance because he he's my second favorite being that's like non-parahuman. Um, besides yeah. besides Atlas the large beetle mm-hmm. um, because he's like been around the whole time and like I feel like he's like one of those um, 
gifts by the gods sort of thing like on hero's journey you know what i mean like like he sure, you don't really yeah, know yeah. his worth until he shows up later i see you know yeah i don't know i just got really excited that it was him um yeah but yeah it's it's a very it's a very interesting and unique way of uh including him in the final yeah final conflict. It just i don't know it's just like everybody's like returning and it's kind of fun i mean also like you know heavy because she's like psychologically torturing him basically but I don't know. It just, it got very exciting that like all these individuals yeah. kept popping up. Yeah. So we enter the final phase. Uh, Taylor finds herself on a rooftop in New York City, mm-hmm. uh, which is now full of confused pair humans who hate her. Uh, and uh, she's uh, distant, but she's also like afraid of them. Yeah, yeah. She can't feel her own body. It's so muted. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she's, even though she's not controlling anyone except for um, Doormaker and and the clairvoyant, she still feels just as distant. Um, and her identity is degrading uh, with the loss of her anchors. She can't even remember Rachel's name. Yeah. She calls her Dog Girl. Yeah. So some some quotes. Um, my hand ran clumsily down past my eye, my cheekbone, nose, and mouth. Every movement trembling. It didn't feel real, like it was a mask I was wearing. Later, I'm a monster. I thought. Not an anchor, but a recent memory, a realization that was still fresh in my memory, something from just before I started losing them. With the loss of the portals, I'd lost one more anchor, pride, confidence, the reminder of who I'd been when I'd been a warlord, wherein I'd been at my most powerful, recent circumstances accepted. I'd inadvertently connected thoughts and memories to that, and now that the physical manifestation was gone, those thoughts were disappearing with it. My identity was degrading. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she really, like, I mean, she's been dissolving this whole time, but I feel like the loss of, like, that sort of, you know, constructed uh, echo of her identity from before, I feel like, is is such, like, a devastating loss. Also, yeah, um, just, like, that first, that first quote of, like, her, like, feeling her face and it feels like a mask, and, like, it's, like, the clumsiness of her hand and, like, She's just so detached from herself, and it's just terrifying to me, like, that, like, I guess it just seems, everything seems, like, so hopeless for her in this moment, where she, like, she doesn't have... She ends up scratching herself in the process. Yeah, like, she's just, like, it's, I don't know, like, like, there's such a detachment of, like, her mind and her body and herself at the same time, like, herself is not part of either of those things anymore, you know? And it's just, like... She's just so like uh, 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 discordant within her own self, and like I don't know, it's just yeah, yeah. She's like sugar in hot water. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, just yeah, just accelerating. Yeah, yeah. it's um the uh, the line about uh, her being a mask. I think is also another nod toward the passenger taking over a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm. Where it's kind of, uh, like, um, in Men in Black, oh, there, there's a particular alien that, likes like, lives in, like, people's bodies. They, like, he wears their skin. Yeah, the, the main villain. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's like that, where it's, like, it doesn't, it's quite, it's, it's a little bit off, you know? And it feels a little bit like clay or something, you know? Like, wet clay or, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, a very, like, disorienting moment, I think. Yeah. 
Um, and I think the the moment where she calls Rachel dog girl mm. is so heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. And it just feels so wrong. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's just, it's so, so far away, you know? Yeah. Just like in terms of like, like a familiarity. Yeah. So uh, in a bit, then Taylor thinks about what if her anchor was bugs mm. and it's sort of a horrifying image. Yeah. Yeah. It's very terrifying. This train of thought, I feel like, even though it's a horrifying image, when she has this, that thought, I feel like uh, it, it it almost has the tonality of, like, Taylor in the beginning chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, of the of the arc or of Worm? Oh, like, of Worm. Um, because mm-hmm. she, like, especially, especially in that first, in those first eight, like, we're with her, she's thinking so intensely about, like, what's socially acceptable and like what she should be doing mm. what she is doing and isn't and all of this and like she's trying to learn the the like social rules of pair humans um and then also like she's super concerned like in a high school sort of way of like her identity and and the way that she presents herself mm-hmm. and i feel like this has that even like you know what i mean i don't want to be the bug girl i thought lamely <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. Um, which um, it was, it was like, even though it was a horrifying image, it was like a comforting thought that she was worried about it. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So speaking of comforting thoughts, I want to read this this next mm-hmm. quote, um, which actually covers two things, I think. Eerie, <clears throat> eerie to be in such a large city with no people around us. I could imagine how things would be if humanity was eliminated. All of these ruined cities, moldering, slowly crumbling. What, why did I find it come come? Why did it re, re, reassure me? Dangerous to think that way. I was a tent in a strong wind, and the stakes were coming loose. Only one or two remained. Depending on the direction the wind was blowing, when they were gone, someone could get hurt. Hmm. I just ah, like that visual, all of that, like it's so phenomenally written, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's paired with the the cities and and this tent with a different marker of mm-hmm. civilization coming apart as another force of nature um, blows it around. Um, yeah, I think it's a very natural direction. It's it's interesting because you know uh, a, a tent is not like a dramatic and and typically you know romantic sort of mm-hmm. Im- image, but it just it fits so well yeah. here. Yeah, I also noticed that the uh, ruined cities is a, a three beat. So mm-hmm. first she gets lost in them when the with the clairvoyant and, and during teacher's chapter. Uh, then there's this moment and it's it's comforting her again. She she first thinks about how it's home, mm-hmm. um, and then at the end, uh, the forest that she's in reminds her of Brockton Bay before it was ruined, yeah. um, and and she thinks about after and how that was might have been home too. Uh, and it also echoes labyrinth's sentiments of like places holding memories. Well, of a labyrinth of thinking about how she liked old decaying mm, things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. So uh, in the other, um, where Sion is, the Endbringers are fighting him, although Taylor doesn't really want them to win. She wants it to be a human victory. Uh, Leviathan is killed during the fight, and all the others are really damaged, uh, but the Seamurg fakes her death. Mm-hmm. Ah, sneaky. I like I like the Seamurg. You know, like I yeah, I didn't at yeah. first, um, because I was like, oh, this is ominous. But like, I like that she's sneaky about things. 
Yeah, she's very enjoyable during uh, this arc and, and how, like, she is being actually helpful, but you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this cannot be good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's like a fun yeah. sort of anticipation of, like, how's this going to affect everything, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, in this particular moment, um, her thought about, like, uh, not really wanting the Endbringers to to end Sion and, like, for them to be the reason that they win... It felt very much mm-hmm. like her dad and like, mm. because he, he's very invested in like individual people and like banding together, right? Like, cause he has all these union activities, right? He like runs the like yeah. a specific union in Brockton Bay or like he did, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. And it just. Dock workers. Yeah. The dock workers. It just felt very like a, f- like a familial inheritance, I think, to her where she's like, we have to, it has to be mm. us gathering together. Because um, it's like we yeah. work together and like we can overthrow this this being causing us terror. Um, yeah. Uh, so Taylor is not a Leninist. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, it, all right. Um, yeah. No, I, I I think I see that yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, so she slides down from the building um, and prepares her plan. Um, this is when we kind of find out that that uh, Aisha has been standing by her for a little yes. bit we don't actually know well, for how long because she's she's the voice in her ear isn't she yeah 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 at first when i first read it i think i it, it, upon some rereads when i forgot details i think i thought it was like the passenger mm-hmm. or 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 herself um but it's not it's yeah it's yeah. It. i feel like and it was because the the one of the beginning descriptions of it is that it, it was like a voice that was familiar mm. and i was like it couldn't be the passenger if it's familiar Right. And I was like, who sits around and whispers in people's ears? Hmm. <laughs> uh, so she sees the undersiders who gather around. Um, yeah. Rachel is the one that is able to communicate to her, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of hurts Lisa a little bit, although yeah. not in a really horrible way. She's just, yeah, sad about it. Taylor lets Doormaker go, hoping he's going to be able to explain all that happened to everyone. But he also, can Doormaker communicate? clearly like that he can't talk but a uh, teacher grants him the ability to oh, talk okay, okay. later um before classic when he claims oh him. yeah yeah uh yes there was one particular moment oh yes um it was interesting that that but also not surprising that rachel was the one that was able to communicate um because they have like they have a relationship that isn't completely dependent like on like verbal communication which I feel like is kind of how Tattletale and Taylor like exist, like they exist in conversation and in in this sort of like a linguistic net, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like uh, Rachel and Taylor have more of like like they exist more in in like a emotional communication, if that makes sense, or like yeah, like nonverbal cues and that sort of thing. Um. Which I feel like that's how yeah. that's how Taylor established the trust was like it wasn't about what she said because that didn't really matter that much. It was like how she existed physically with Rachel. Yeah, I wonder if what what things would be different if Lisa had done more of that, mm-hmm. or if she'd wanted to. Yeah, I don't know much. I like I I hesitate to to really say that because it almost sounds like I'm I'm blaming Lisa for not being more like physically a friend mm-hmm. i don't know i mean it can just be a reflection of like i think touch is such a 
a distant thing now yeah. in, in general. Um, and it's the kind of connection that is so important and yet we we have it less and less. Yeah, because yeah. Tattletale and Taylor, like, they're very cerebral mm-hmm. in the way that they interact. And so often, even in the middle of fighting, like, Tattletale isn't there, right? She's like a voice in the ear. Um, yeah. Good point. You know, so it's... it's They have... Even if they, like, are able to, like, speak to each other more, they have, like, a more distant relationship than, than Rachel and Taylor. Because there's multiple times where Rachel will just, like, sit next to her. And it's an entire yeah moment. Like, they don't need to speak. It, Rachel will sit next to Taylor and Lisa will sit across from her. Yeah. I, I can picture that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, this is a reversal from the beginning of the book, mm-hmm. uh, where Rachel was unable to really connect and communicate with anyone, uh, and just kind of lashed out. And now Taylor is um, unable to communicate, and Rachel's the only one that's able to talk to yeah. her. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's just. Or Rachel's the only one that's able to talk to yeah, Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just. It feels like this is like a whole story about friendship. You know. Uh, yeah. And yeah. it makes me so happy. Yeah. All the best stories are. True, it's, true. It's connections with, with people. Yeah. Caring about other people. Mm-hmm. That's that's what friendship is. It is. Um, there's a quote here. So uh, when she's thinking about Tattletale, thinks, What did I wind up as if she was my only anchor? If I could so readily envision myself as a bug-obsessed freak lurking in dark places, what did I become with her? Something close mm-hmm. to human, at least? She'd saved me, in a way. I couldn't remember how, but I remember, but I remembered that much. I couldn't touch her. I didn't even dare. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting um, that she kind of like places her in this sort of idyllic, like idolized sort of role up on a shelf sort of thing. Because um, I, I was thinking, even if they have like different sorts of like ways that they communicate, there is this sort of like parallel to like the way Rachel thinks about. Taylor, I feel like Taylor thinks about Tattletale that way, of like, mm-hmm. this is the person that has chosen to be my friend and has invested in me, you know, mm. and like, I don't, I don't know if I. You no, know, I completely agree. You know what? Uh, I think Taylor's shopping trip with Lisa was the same as Taylor going to the to to take care of Rachel's dogs. Yeah, yeah I think like so. It's the same exact same kind of impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about, like, that that sort of, the, like, being chosen to, like, be a friend. Yeah. I feel like that that's something that's, like, so, like, unexpectedly wonderful, I guess. Yeah, I think a lot of us, like, when we're in a really bad place and we don't really know how to get out, we really, really wish for and feel like we need someone to save us. Mm-hmm. And, it, like, it doesn't even have to be, like, they don't, like, we need to do the work, right, of actually yeah, getting yeah. better. Um, but that initial step of, like, hey, you can get better. Yeah, yeah, that, like, reaching I think out. it's so much better and easier and helpful when someone else d- does that first mm-hmm. step. And I think that's the same for Rachel and, and Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I had another one, actually, that they crossed my mind. Regent 2 mm-hmm. with Aisha. Yeah. That's not the one I was yeah. thinking of. 
I don't know. I'm sure there's other examples. So if if y'all can think of some, yeah. um, go ahead and, and tell Choose. us. Tell, let us know. So Taylor knows what she needs to do. Uh, thinking about the the least important people, yeah. she grabs all the capes that she needs, which that's actually quite a few. Um, and uh, along the way, she encounters Dinah, who she or Taylor hands her uh, one of the notes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I think. Yeah. And uh, also, like, Dinah I'm steps so surprised aside. that she's like walking around with that still. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, such an yeah. interest. Like, that's such a specific thing to like, and it's paper too. Like, she's been through a lot of yeah. shit, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's. Yeah, it's, probably, like it's it, been, it, like, it doused in water. Her, it's been like, probably doused in blood so yeah, many times. Like, it's one of those those physical manifestations of her sentimentality that she doesn't articulate yeah. to herself, but is is in all those things that she has placed upon herself. I'm surprised that they weren't um, thought of as her anchors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Dinah steps into her, her range before Taylor pushes her aside because she doesn't actually need her. Also, there was a moment before that I forgot to write down where um, Taylor, in the midst of, of grabbing everyone, she grabs a lot of precogs, and one of them is is Dinah, mm-hmm. who turns around and, and sees Taylor. We have that echo of, um, you're there, but you're different, which is just a, uh, this, that's just yeah, chills yeah. of like that echo, a flashback right in that moment. I just... It, 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 I mean, that's one moment where you really picture, like, Dinah against her will turning around and seeing whatever Taylor yeah, is what now. Yeah, what she has become. Yeah. It's just, yeah, and The question horrifying. is, did she see that from the beginning? Yeah. You know, is that... I think so. That's, that's what she saw her become. I think so. That's why she warned her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, Taylor grabs uh, the... Um, f- people from Faultline's crew that she needs. Um, and uh, finally, the, the, some of the last pieces are Safara, who fights back, but Imp's, Imp takes mm-hmm. him out, um, which is which is good. Um, then uh, with Canary, she, she has her sing to everyone. And, <laughs> okay, there's a great beat here where Miss Militia throws her phone away and then shoots it, which I just loved so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, a, just a random moment. Yeah. It's, it's so... Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, so she grabs a, a lot of capes um, that people were familiar with. So yeah, one thing is that some people view spec as a sort of like final quiz to Worm mm-hmm. uh, with how so many characters are mentioned by just a few features or their powers. Um, I certainly didn't get all of them my first couple of reads, yeah. but I, I think this time I did. Um, how many do you think you were able to recognize? I don't know if there's like a number because I feel mm-hmm. like I did not do that well. It yeah. was kind of like a vaguely like, I feel like I know this person and I feel like I recognize who they are and all of this, but I wasn't, but it's like, I didn't you, like. You can like believe that they were a character before. Like that's the important yeah, I didn't, part. You're I like, didn't like okay, actively yeah, I'm sure, name everybody, yeah. yeah. but I definitely like was kind of like having, they, they, they sparked something in my memory for sure. It's kind of a very similar position that Taylor's in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's an interesting, a good reflection yeah. of that. Um, yes. Oh, I wanted to bring up in this particular moment, because I feel like this is what I was talking about way before, and I, like, got lost in the mix of it, is, like, um, like, she, she chooses, like, everyone else at the beginning. Like, she collects all the people except the one that she knows. Like, except for the ones that she knows before. Mm, And then when she, like, loses everybody, when the portal's cut off, like, 
she kind of reevaluates how she want like who she wants to pick. Yeah, um, and it's it's her friendships yeah. that like end up being the most important ones. Not all just her friends, right? So far as there, although she does have a connection, she she has a connection to everyone that she uses one way or another. Yeah, yeah. There, there's like an attachment to everybody that she chooses. Yeah, um, and, and it makes me think like uh, on one level. On, on a very surface level and, and very, like, reactionary read, I'm like, oh, so, like, all the people that she knew are integral mm. to saving the world. But, it, like, I think for the most part, she would have been able to succeed if she was born somewhere else and we had a whole different set of caves. Yeah, yeah. it's about, like, it's about, I, it's not about the individual powers, it's about her yeah. connection to them. The the one the one thing that I, I think would be the, the crutch is, is Foil's power, but like that's it. Everything else mm-hmm. I think yeah. yeah. She would have figured something. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about like her figuring out it's like a the like she has the tools in, in whichever capacity sort of thing. Yeah. Um yeah. Um so Taylor puts together her the the final mm-hmm. strategy. She starts ramming portals into existence, uh, and then using um, it pours into existence to grab all the people she needs. Um, and then when, when Sion appears, using changers to appear as copies of his partners, different permutations and more aggressive over time, always attacking him. Um, and in lots, lots of, of different versions, mm-hmm. right? Like so, some full body, some uh, just like the reaching hands. Uh, at the end, she just uses her, her, her bugs and it's like a, a callback to... When they were first fighting, and and Sion had like ignored that yeah, yeah. in the end, uh, and yet that affects him too. So Sion is devastated over and over and over again with images of his dead partner, yeah. with hope also, and like, loss so, again and again. Such a yeah, heavy attack, you know. <clears throat> After lashing out a final time, Taylor shows him Oliver, and for a moment he breaks, mm-hmm. and he's rotating in the air, shaking. Um, Foil's power breaks open the door to the well, um, and Defiant pulls the switch on the Tinker super weapon, and then Sion is destroyed, and Taylor is finally free to lose her mind. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. it's it's just the like the the psychological attack. I mean, like before it was like you know kind of present, but it was more like physical, and then this moment I feel like is just so it's so intense and so much and so like heavy you know where she like mm-hmm. she knows that he can't he doesn't have the capacity to like hold and process like the pain of grief the way that they do mm-hmm. you know yeah. and it's just i don't know it's it's so cruel to i don't know to me yeah. that it just feels really cruel it's it's like it's a necessary cruelty yeah but it is still like tragic like he, he's yeah. not actually able to like truly defend himself and there's no like you really wish uh maybe that like in those final moments where he's just like feebly you know trying to make it stop that if only like it was possible to make a connection with him to just like give him a hug yeah. right they're like you're at this low point and we will help you you know get better but that's not it's not possible and there's no way that that risk would be worth taking Mm -hmm. but it's yeah it's so it's just it's just sad just so devastating to watch him fall apart yeah Yeah, there's a so um there's this uh fan theory that i really like and I, i think it's basically more or less been confirmed um 
uh, or not maybe not, but mm-hmm. it's I think it it fits so well that it it I I and many other people consider it to be canonical. But um, yeah. So in the in the final moment, the final blow with Oliver, um, he used Path to Victory to ask the question, "How do I make the pain stop?" Yeah. And Path of Victory answered, "Stay still." Oh, man, I like that. That I like that theory. Also, it's yeah. very like, ah, uh, I don't know. It just feels very human. His end. Yeah. You know. Yep. And that also makes sense to me because you know he had all those fail safes of like to dodge stuff. Yeah. So he, I mean, yeah, he chose not to move. So. Yeah, yeah. It's such a very, it's a very different kind of victory, of like beating someone or like besting them in like a an emotional or a psychological attack versus like a, like a physical attack like it's not really about strength anymore you know yeah it's like how much are you willing to like make it cause yeah, pain. how much are you willing to like make them hurt yeah. yeah yeah which i feel like she taylor does sometimes like i feel like she does that oh, yeah, previously sure. that's like kind of her like go-to is to like pair that physical fight with like this this slow like chipping away at like a psychological like that that's why i feel like she talks so much when she fights because mm-hmm. she that's that's how she kind of puts it together yeah usually it's a in a slightly more maybe constructive way of like trying to get them on her side a lot of yeah. the time yeah there, but, there's yeah. less like you know complete you know ruination i think in her previous yeah. iterations of this but um yeah, yeah, very heavy. Also, um, sorry, it, did, were you going to say something? No, you're good. Oh. No, um, I got good. very excited about Oliver returning. Even though he's not like a main character, we don't really see him that much. Yeah. It just felt very much like um, uh, the end of uh, Macbeth and the end of Lord of the Rings, where it's like Macduff is mm-hmm. like, I'm I am not, is it? Yeah, it's Macduff, who, who's like, I'm not born of a woman you know and like and then and then Mm -hmm. um the elf lady whose name escapes me is she's like i am no man you know this that sort of thing yeah um where like yeah you figure it out on a technicality i don't know it just because oliver is like one of those that like has been dismissed this whole time because like because and then he's like part of the part of the end it just it, it felt like it continued that sort of that path of like choosing all the little individuals that like have been overlooked or set aside for particular reasons. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was referred to as a useless every single time that he was mentioned, yeah. even before he got powers. And then he, so. now he is. He's useful, and it's I don't know. Yeah, it's very heartwarming. I wonder, <laughs> very heartwarming in a devastating yeah, yeah. Uh, making someone picture their dead true, partner. True. Um, I wonder if you go back and like read his dialogue and like the Traveler's Ark and stuff. I wonder if you could find something that like echoes this. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, and there's there's some other stuff with uh, great moments with other char- other characters we we care about. Defiant is the one that that shoots the big laser. Yeah. Other people. Yeah, yeah. everyone's kind of you know, it, it's it's very exciting to like have everyone that we know around at the end yeah yeah Yeah. um and there's so many echoes to her own bullying um Mm -hmm. 
He fought, uh, or here's one. Um, I knew this fear well. It was a fear that was all too easy to fall into when one's focus was too narrow, to be caught up in an environment facing down a relentless torrent of negative negative experiences. Even the minor things added up, if you couldn't step back and look at things in perspective. He fought back. That was a fairly normal thing. A lot of people fought back when they faced something like this. A lot of people liked to think that they could fight back up until it stopped. Hmm. Those types of people tended to underestimate the, t- the tenacity of the well and truly fucked up individuals in- of this world. Yeah. Which is like herself. Yeah, she's placed herself there. Yeah. It was lowly to turn to this, but I never pretended to be honorable above any of that. When shit was on the line, I'd go as far as I had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, she becomes She really exists. A, a bully. Like a... Yeah. It's interesting, though. Because um, I feel like she has a conversation earlier about that. With somebody who may be Shadowstalker. I don't remember. Might be. Who's like, yeah. you're just as much of a bully as I am. Is that what... She, I feel like that... Did I make that up? Mm. I don't know. Um, I don't think it was Shadowstalker. The one who says that she's a bully is uh, Director Tag, I think. Mm. Maybe it's them. I don't, it, I don't remember who... Perhaps it's, perhaps it's Director Tag. But I feel like whoever says that to her, she like has this huge like... Like... Uh, crisis in her mind of like mm-hmm. yeah this is what i've been fighting against this whole time and now i've become what i hate yeah um but then i feel like she also she doesn't like she doesn't she's persistent and in, in whatever plan that she has like made she is like she decides to like stick it through you know regardless yeah. regardless of of uh other people's uh potential to get hurt you know? Yeah. Yeah. But also it's very interesting here that she like acknowledges because for a while she's like been kind of wondering about her methods and how to identify herself as like hero or villain. Like especially in the earlier yeah. ones. Before, like I mean later on she's just kind of like actually I don't know. I feel like she, she holds on to that pretty for that, that debate for a while. Um, yeah. But it feels like. I mean it, it comes up again at the very in the last and chapter yeah too, yeah so. yeah she's like still kind of grappling with it um yeah. but i feel like here this is one of the first times that she's kind of like i'm not fully either or like i it it's yeah it's um if i have a task i'm going to accomplish it yeah the uh last um one of the last thoughts of that chapter is i couldn't shake the feeling that i'd somehow betrayed myself and i wasn't even sure who i was mm-hmm. so it's like the her her trauma of like hating bullies is so like central to her character that yeah. it it sticks through even if she loses her identity and yeah she's yeah she's betrayed it yeah yeah um so afterwards uh th- so this is the first of the this is a this is the last chapter mm-hmm. so first it starts off with incredible confusion she finds herself in a giant crowd of people she considers her enemies uh, without yes. a you know main antagonist she thinks that they're um, they're all going to get her the next biggest threat and they're also all going to turn on each other she feels tense like at any moment she might be attacked she knows um, th- she silences canary and um, there's a moment of silence before the crowd explodes into action to her they're tearing each other apart fighting screaming using powers it's not until later that we find out that they're just celebrating yeah 
which is so like unsettling. Yeah. Um, that she. Like, I, I remember when I first read it, like I really did think that they were tearing each other apart. Yeah. I think I I I might have caught onto it before she mm-hmm. did, but not at the first moment. Yeah, I think the initial moment I was like, that seems like a strange thing to immediately start happening, but I think it's because I in my mind I'm like. After a war, there's like, you know, like uh, large celebrations in the street, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen, though, at this, like, when I realized how far, like, removed she was from, like, he, like being able to distinguish different human emotions and, like, actions and motivations. Like, she was so far removed from what was happening that, like... I really wasn't, I, I I had little confidence that she was going to be able, like, that her anchors had worked. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah, she thinks, uh, she, she's so, she's so ready to interpret everything as a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes, um, damn them all. After everything I'd done, everything, I, I, everything I'd given up, they were standing there threatening me. And it's uh, just really, yeah, it's just really sad. Yeah. That uh, she she can't recognize people just being people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so there's a there's a couple of other quotes here where she thinks about uh, how um, she could function as long as there was conflict, as long as I was creating it, creating it first of all, or resolving it. Given the choice between paralysis and conflict, I wondered if anyone would really choose the former, committing to it over time. Paralysis was a scary thing. There were a lot of forms of it, and they ranked up there as far as fates, worse than death. Mm-hmm. Conflict was better, familiar. Yeah, it just—it doesn't feel like her anymore, you know. Yeah. Like the the prioritization and like this like really intense paranoia. It just it felt really not like her at all. Because, I mean, she has yeah. some, like, but it was just such an intense amount of it that, um, I don't know, it just felt like she was, like, really, like, I don't know, she, it, it, it felt like it was totally the passenger at this point. Yeah, so to, to pull out a couple quotes, <clears throat> um, so one thing is that, like, Taylor, for the most part, for most of the story, has been somewhat hopeful about humanity. She's like, yeah, we're actually, for the most part, like, not good mm. like we, we do a lot of bad things to each other however we also do good things and that makes us valuable right and that makes us worthwhile yeah. um and during this this is when she goes like what what am i even trying to to save mm-hmm. right um and then at this point so there's uh, quotes here um none of this surprised me that they turned on each other the moment the real threat was gone it was the way our species operated a reality that had been writ over and over again in my experiences mm-hmm. I couldn't remember the specific cases, but the lessons remained with me. So first, as an aside, that is, upon reread, such a clear clue about this being a yeah, passenger. Yeah. Not This isn't a human thing, necessarily. No. I mean, maybe a little bit, but not... not it fits the uh, the entities in the first place on that, on, on that first planet that they started yeah, yeah. on so much more. Um, I heard the voice in my ear. It was trying to sound... It was trying to sound soothing, gentle, but it was failing. I heard the fear in it. That fear was reassuring in its own way. It told me I was right. That the world did revolve around fear and violence. That I was doing the right thing, standing guard, being ready for a fight at any moment. Mm -hmm. And then one more. Then, 
I could take control. Then I could eliminate the problematic elements. Then everything would be peaceful. Yeah. It's just... It's so... Like, it's just... It's it's so, like, intensely about creating this peace that, like, she didn't... It's a different sort of peace than she imagined before. Like, there's so much death that is involved in, like, murder that it just, like... Yeah. I don't know. It's very, like... It it just seems so, like, illogical, I guess. Because, like, yeah. she's, she's, you know, supposedly yearning for peace and everything, and she fears violence, but, like, at the same time, she only sees, like, she sees only killing as, like, the way to achieve peace. Yeah. It's, it's like, the really the ultimate form of, like, uh, escalation being the solution. Yeah. It, to, to the point of ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, I mean, when it comes to, like, uh, when the cops and robbers tools fell, or uh, rules fell apart, it was always, like, you know, if we just hit a little bit harder, then we can just, we can stop them once and yeah, for all. Yeah. And, th- yeah, this is that, except it's murdering everyone. Yeah. And it's an echo of a thought from before. She had, uh, sometime before, she, she thinks, uh, I could kill everyone here. And then she's like, wait, why did I think that? And then yeah, here it is. Yeah. She's, like, almost committing to that course of action. Yeah, it's the sort of it's it, it it's less like peaceful and more just empty, you know. Yeah. Also, I got kind of distracted about Canary because I didn't mention it before, but like after everything is like over, Canary continues singing until Taylor gets her to stop, right? And it just yeah. it it had like this is just like me. This isn't like uh, any sort of uh, analysis. Objective. This is just this is just me okay. reading and and like having this particular scene in my head from Billy Elliot, um, the movie, where, like, Billy and his his dance teacher, like, are on this ferry. They're, her car's there, but, like, she's outside the car, like, smoking a cigarette or something. And and um, they've got the, the final scene in Act 2 of Swan Lake playing. You know, it's this very, like, melancholy kind of, kind of uh, moment, but it's very... It, it has the same... Uh, uh, like a movement as as uh the fight with like leviathan you know like where the entire landscape is changing in like during the fight um i don't know it just felt very like what was occurring during here like Mm -hmm. it just it it felt like it fit really well yeah yeah uh as an aside i'm I'm trying to picture the environment Mm -hmm. here um because it's a flat landscape i think I think it's Sion didn't move from his lashing out. He just wiped out New York, yeah, yeah, and 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 turned it to nothing. And I always picture the scene as just like a giant field of grass, mm-hmm. which is not actually what's there. It's like ruins, isn't it? But well, like, well, there's like nothing. Flattened it's ruins. just flat. I think. I, I I think it's just there's there is nothing. Oh, he's like it's eliminated just, the. I think material? so. That's how I pictured it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very ominous. So just like bare earth or concrete or yeah. something. Feels very uh like medieval in terms mm. of like flat battlefields and yeah. everyone kind of gathered together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so um surrounded by everyone, uh teacher approaches um secretly. Um although mm. the other people don't don't see him and uh offering her a way to speak, but of course also to influence yeah, her. That, I'm sure that was his plan. It was not just yeah, of course not. 
Um, and she lashes out at this idea of someone, you know, manipulating mm-hmm. her and cuts his open palms. Um, and then uh, Imp appears, and the moment she does, um, Capri does not notice her and puts her in a place to kill mm-hmm. herself. And it's pretty brutal yeah. of a the image, you know, a knife in her yeah. mouth. Um, and I think that's when she realized that her perceptions are so mm-hmm. off that actually people are celebrating. Although I don't know if she actually uses that word. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just, it's really, um, like, she she's really, like, unruly at this point, I feel like. Or not really unruly, but like a, uh, oh, it's not sweeping either. It's very, like, uh, uh, disjointed, I suppose. Wild? Mm. Um. It reminds me of when um, she came out of the locker. She came out, like, fighting, yeah, yeah. right? And this is kind of the same thing. Yeah, this sort of, like, immediate, you know, fight response. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's, like, her, f- like the fear that, that has, like, initiated this response is, like, isn't her own, you know? So she's, like, sort of stuck in this, like, uh, duality. Of like functioning, yeah. trying to trying to like make sense of what's happening in her in her own self, but then also like with this sort of like cage of of um, like emotional reactions and like physical reactions of not of like her passenger, you know. Yeah. Uh, so then, so um, Capri starts to leave, uh, taking control of some other people along along the way. Um, she's kind of like really. Almost like zombie-like yeah. uh, as as she's moving. There's the part where Narwhal puts up a, a force field in front of her, and she like crawls over the top of it and like falls yeah. down, and and another one like landing next to her, and it just it's such an unsettling, yeah, that's so like undignified and like base way of of moving. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Um, so she she captures a bunch of people, or main components of a swarm, and she readies herself to move. Um, through a portal that the fairy queen has has mm-hmm. opened um, who talks to her and somehow uh Capri relaxes she she gives up control over to her passenger which is actually more of the parts of of Taylor um mm-hmm. who or the, the 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 more core Taylor parts yeah. that lowers all of her captured parry humans uh which reduces her anxiety and she goes through the portal and uh, lets go of the clairvoyant, clairvoyant and passes out. Yeah, it's very surprising. So the, the 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 parts of Taylor that are active, they're so like quiet, but they're there. They're physical reactions that she's finally like paying attention to. Yeah. She's she's looking at her own body and like wondering what this feeling is, uh, this fear, um, and I think it's like a fear of herself, mm-hmm. the anxiety of like what she is wanting to do. Um, and it also, t- when when it takes control of her attention, it, it it looks at the things that she cares about, the people that she cares yeah, about. Yeah. And all of her, not all of her her anchors, but a lot of her anchors, like even I think Sierra, uh, she she takes a look at. Yeah, she really sort of like once she's once she's like quieted the pieces of her mind that like were so dissolved into like controlling everybody else, she like has the like uh capacity to like re-examine herself and all those little pieces that she set up yeah. yeah um it's it's interesting the way that she refers to them though um because she kind of like she keeps she keeps 
the descriptions as like descriptions, right? Like it's still there's still like a small amount of of like distance. Um, but it's definitely closer than like what she has been. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there was um a particular way that I was thinking about it that it like it felt like encountering a familiar scent in an unfamiliar environment, you know, because like we mm-hmm. don't have all the details, right? We can't immediately identify, but we know that it feels suddenly you have this like you know physical reaction of like safety or love or like some like there is something that settles in you when you when you encounter that right it's like almost instinctual i guess um yeah yeah but so i I feel like that's what happened where it's like even if she isn't able to like speak it into being into knowing she has that like like scent familiarity i guess yeah distant recognition it's like you know there should be a memory and maybe you'll be able to find it but not right yeah 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 um and so with the lowering of the, the, the people to the ground, um, it's one of Taylor's first times yeah, ever to l- literally mm-hmm. de-escalate, uh, as in like to move things yeah, downward. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. So she's finally, it's one of the few times where she's like, okay, I've completed my mm-hmm. goal. Um, I don't have to do my next goal, which her passenger has the next goal, which is to take control of everyone else, so kill yeah, them yeah. all. Uh, but Taylor is saying, no, I've, I've done enough. I, I mean, I became a bully, you know, I, I betrayed myself yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. it's very, she's sort of like put herself, like pushed herself beyond and over the edge, I guess. And then like, yeah. she's been able to return because she's like left those little threads to like pull her back. Um so uh, she wakes up, and Contessa has her, um, but because it's path to victory, is able to talk mm-hmm. to her finally, uh, which uh, talking brings her back a little bit more over time. And I'm I'm gonna read a bunch of these quotes because they they just articulate the concepts way more than yeah. I can. So Contessa says, "I keep on asking myself the same questions over and over again. Maybe you can answer. Was it worth it?" I stare down at my hand. It was shaking, but was it, it wasn't from fear. Would you do it all over again, knowing what you know now, knowing that you end up here, at gunpoint? I know I'm supposed to say yes, the words made their way past my lips. But no, some, somewhere along the way, it became no. Just about everyone comes to this crossroad, she said. Some get 70 years, some only get 15. Enough time to grow, to take stock of who you are. Enough time to do things you'll regret when you run out of time. Don't, don't regret it. Was, had to. Saved lives. But I would do different, given a chance. She smiled, bobbing her head up and down a little. It's always about the people, isn't it? Protect some. Pay less attention to others. Her smile twisted, a little sad. Can't bet on the wrong horse. Not what I'd bent. Giving too much power to wrong people. To bullies, with powers bullies without. She gave me a slightly surprised look at that. I don't see that applying to Scion. Doesn't. He doesn't factor. He isn't a consideration at the end. Fighting him, always more about us than about him. Not a consideration. And the person who played the biggest role in stopping him doesn't give him a second thought, she said. There was a note of emotion in her voice. She was gripping the gun handle tightly enough that her knuckles turned white, but her expression wasn't an angry one. Um, And I forgot to grab the last line, but um, 
basically everyone has their own mm-hmm. demons. So there's a lot of things. Uh, there's there's multiple things happened here, but uh, like you know, there's a bunch of. Worm has a lot of themes, and this is one of the main ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, of of is it okay does doing. So so I think that like this section is like a direct um, response to like Doctor Mother's um, yeah, yeah defense, which is like. I don't want to look back and think that I could have done more, uh, and I will just be judged at the end. Um, but and it's like good enough that I've tried. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, yeah the intent is is there, but no, like that's not good enough. Like the actions have to be not so horrible. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's. Um, I feel like it's particularly important that she, like, she never stops thinking about it in terms of people you know like it's never about accomplishing like even even when she you know perhaps uses that as like a like a place marker anchor of like to get rid of cyanide like to best cyanide it's not about it's not about like uh you know gaining power over him or or like displaying her own power it's it's about protection you know yeah and like uh contemplating the cost of her choices which i feel like she makes like she thinks about that so much even even in the moments when she's like you know kind of existing in the more like the darker gray of her of her actions um she never stops asking that question uh, which i feel like is is a huge distinction between the two um you know because like it's not about like at any cost you know what i mean right it's yeah, sacrificing some things are you know acceptable, mm-hmm. but some things aren't. I I think her point is that she would do it again with more humanity. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. It's very interesting. It, like it, she's she's fighting to like preserve home. You know, like right. she holds on to it until the end. This this concept of like home. Yeah. So uh, a, a quote here actually. Um, I looked at the trees. I was reminded of the scene was hard to reach. Of home, not long after it stopped being home. Was it the other way around? When I imagined that rotting, flooded city that smelled like garbage and seaweed, what was it to me? Or was it different things to the two biggest parts of me? So those are the the, the two parts of her, right? Taylor before and, and Skitter, right? Brockton Bay was home to Taylor. Brockton Bay after Leviathan was home to mm-hmm. Skitter. And the thing is here, though, is that, like, while, like, obviously the Brockton Bay of Ruins is is more passenger, it's also still Taylor. It never wasn't Taylor. Yeah, yeah. There's still, like, even if even if there's, like, a distinction in, ter- in terms of, like, how she imagined herself, there's still, there's, there's still continuity between the two, you know? Yeah. And it's also interesting, yeah. like... Like, this is, this is still her, too. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, yeah, there's, there's never... I feel like she never fully loses herself, you know. Yeah. Even in even in the moments where she's like, she's she's opened herself up so much. Um, I feel like the term that I used was that it's like a tent that you can't put back into like the canvas bag that you pulled it out of, you know. Right. Um, yeah. Like she's still there, you know. Even even in those moments, I feel like. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's it's like it's also. The place, even even if it's like distinct, 
in like the different eras of her life and in her memory like it's still she's still like in she still places value upon like uh a place like outside of time i feel like you know hmm. and it's almost and and even in her like contemplation later of like the the ruins of the cities like it's not even like Brockton Bay yeah. specifically it's that that sort yeah. of location it's something about it's it's something that like it almost it almost like transcends place you know and it's just yeah. the feeling that she carries of like having a home yeah yeah and well i wonder like what is the core of of her fascination with with rotting places mm-hmm. right i think it's uh, I mean, my guesses would be that it's, like, empowering for her. Uh, it's where she became empowered. Yeah, yeah. It's where she sort of found a self mm-hmm. for herself. Yeah, it was one of the, like, I feel like that's in in the ruins of Brockton Bay is when we see her, like, um, become confident in a way that's, like, that she didn't have before. Yeah. And, like, comfortably confident, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, as a, a side thing, I, I like to think that the force that she is in actually is Brockton Bay. Mm. Um, maybe an alternate yeah. Earth. Um, there's some notion of like maybe it's like close to her mother's grave or yeah. something. I, I I think it would be like a little bit much if it's like right yeah, there, yeah, but, but like present, you know, Captain's Hill yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, that'd be quite poignant. Um, Contessa asked some more questions. Mm-hmm. Um, were you really a monster in the end, a warlord? An alien administrator, a vicious killer with a cruel streak, mutilating your enemies and secretly enjoying it. A bully, if you forgive me for using that word. I looked down at my hand. Or were you really a hero? Do the, do the good intentions win out? Was it Glastic Gwenny's strength or yours that held her back from saving Sion in those final moments? Mm. Um, so I think, like, obviously, kind of yeah. both. The reason that we're asking all these questions is that every single one of these... Uh, all the all the bad ones are facts yeah. right she was a warlord she was an alien administrator she was uh, i mean she definitely did secretly enjoy mutilating lung yeah, a couple m- times there's like, multiple definitely. times where she like has articulated feeling vindication when yeah yeah hurting other people right and yet she also did save the world and she That's sacrificed true. a lot of herself to do yeah. it and uh it wasn't like selfish no yeah it wasn't it was it was very selfless act her self-destruction i feel like um yeah it reminds me of that conversation on the parahumans online boards uh, back like halfway Mm -hmm. through the story um that debated the same thing uh where you know a a commenter was like uh she did horrible things but she saved people but she's a criminal but she's taking care of the city back and forth where it's like yeah these things are both true they're not you have to maybe be comfortable mutually exclusive yeah 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 yeah, i think so and i so i don't think the good intentions win Mm -hmm. out i don't think they cover up the bad or they make the bad acceptable but i think like i i I think the point of worm is that you kind of have to live in that gray area because the gray area is reality They exist in tandem and it's also i think so she doesn't it's it's like what I, uh, like what I was talking about before of like how she she never stops questioning herself, you know, like she doesn't let herself yeah fall into particular actions and not examine her motivations for them, you know. 
-hmm. like i think because she lives in that sort of gray area like that it's sort of it there's like a predisposition i guess or perhaps presupposition i don't know one of those one of those terms of like questioning her actions every time that she like makes a decision you know where yeah. she doesn't she doesn't blindly accept that her actions are going to be heroic or she doesn't disregard it like some other villains who are just kind of like this is just how it is like she's always asking about that line you know yeah yeah i don't know it's not that she it's not the phrase isn't like resting on her laurels or anything but it's it's something to do with like mm-hmm. she's never she's never willing to like accept fully that her actions are either good or bad you know, like she's she she's not willing mm. to take her actions at face value. Yeah, which I feel like is an important component right. of being like existing yeah. within this kind of gray area of life. And uh, yeah, I think it's also like a, a response to every you know hard set moral system where it's like it all the con mm-hmm. context always depends, and yeah. the answer is always ambiguous. There is never an absolutely correct answer, unless if it's, like, yeah, arbitrarily yeah. assigned. It's like <clears throat> language, you know? There's always, mm-hmm. like, more ways that you can examine it and clarify. We can always get uh, slightly closer mm-hmm. to doing the right yeah. thing, but we can never quite reach it. Um, so, uh, finally, Contessa asked a question of, um, can Taylor think of any anchors Mm -hmm. can she pull herself back and um taylor can't say anything or she also doesn't try that hard to she thinks that she doesn't deserve it um and uh, we have the final sentences of the chapter of of worm it's okay i got the answer myself i looked away i looked up my eyes were wet so many stars the universe so vast where so so very small in the end the first bullet hit me from behind where my mask offered no coverage and I slowly toppled the second hit me before I could fall before there could be any pain Mm. yeah so I I, I think it's a a beautiful thing of Taylor finally or again finding Mm. that comfort in the smallness that she's described just a few times before Um, she hasn't looked at the stars much in the story Or take it many times to reflect. And even when she does reflect, it's more of like um, inwardly or like singular, singularly, I suppose, or like focused. Yeah. Yeah. And so it yeah. just feels really right that she can do that here. Yeah, it's very poetic, this moment, this end. And I feel like her recognition of like the relativity of her, her size and like impact, you know, there it's like, um, it feels very quiet, you know, and like... I don't. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like I wrote it somewhere, but I don't know where I wrote it about this concept of like quiet versus like silence. Um, and like mm. quiet is as as you know more indicative of of peace and like presence, whereas silence feels a lot more empty. Um, and like void. Um, yeah. But I don't know. This this her contemplation here feels very quiet to me. Like mm-hmm. silence can be loud. And I think quiet is just a, a true antonym of, yeah. of loud. So another thing is, do you think, what do you think the answer was? Uh, do you think Taylor was able to bring herself back? I, I think she sort of implies that she doesn't 
Mm-hmm. She doesn't feel that she deserves to. Yeah, I, I feel like I did not have hope until she had this conversation, but I feel like perhaps she could, but I don't know if she does. You know, like she has, she has the ability, yeah. but she doesn't. I don't know if she necessarily, you know, takes that as as like and uses that opportunity. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we we. I feel like we live a lot in what we think well what is that from that's oh that uh that uh youth novel the perks of being a wallflower about something like we about the like love that we deserve or something mm. this sort of like yeah yeah, yeah we like we accept sit the in love a particular that we think we deserve mindset yeah. because we think that is what needs to be happening and i feel like she's really sort of like right like uh, residing within that but i don't know if she pulls herself out of that or not yeah um I mean, I think it makes sense in this moment yeah. to not. I wonder. I I, I think the the last chapter in general sort of implies that like she thinks that she can mm-hmm. eventually get but to that it's point. So much to like carry with her all the time, you know. Yeah. The memory of what she's done. Yeah. Um, as an aside, I think it's uh, <laughs> it works out pretty well that she's not uh she's not around anymore because if she did recover, if she entered normal society, oh, yeah, I think sure. a lot of yeah, people would be I, pretty mad. I did not know how she so. was going to like enter into this post-apocalyptic space as herself right um yeah it yeah it felt like the the arc was sort of like building up to her sacrificing herself totally um which is why i feel like i believed for like a while that she like had died in this moment i didn't have i didn't have yeah. an alternative reading until we got to the end of tenor and i wasn't quite sure at that point um but in terms of this, it it, fe- it felt like it felt like the the correct not correct but like the right way I guess I guess does that make sense? Yeah. What what I really yeah no first yeah it's well what's I I, I think so I like these kind mm-hmm. of endings the most um, over a lot of uh, others like out of straight st- tragedy or like full on happy ending i i think i like this one of the most where you know the worst thing didn't happen it not everything mm-hmm. was for naught right we we have enough of a success for everything to have meaning but there's still yeah. the, the sacrifice um, feels you know yeah weighted yeah yeah because if it was the other way around uh where basically all of humanity is wiped out except for like a couple of uh, you know, mm-hmm. villages, including Taylor. I think I would be like, I'd be, I'd be more disappointed. I would not, yeah, yeah, find much happiness in that. I mean, I, you know, someone, you, it could be pulled off, right? But yeah, I don't like it as much, and I think it does. It does. This, yeah. this fits like, warm. There is more cost. To me. You know, life. The like with life, there is death and pain, but like there is like. Sacrifice can be worth it, I suppose. Yeah, and the thing I think is significant is that um, even now, uh, even with with, is the ending happy or sad? I think is also another thing that was like, well, it's a gray area. Mm, yeah, it's both. Yeah, I had this like small qu- query. I think um, that mm-hmm. I didn't think about earlier, but I totally should have. Um, is it like beyond just like the multiple Earths? Wait, maybe I did think about it. I don't know. It's just like 
the entities do this a lot, right? They the, like there's huge there's whole other yeah. worlds that they have consumed in this way. It's like my question is, you know, how much life is out there, right, in the universe of of the parahuman? Like, yeah. how many other are there others that are like still around? Or, like, is Earth one of the last ones, or like, is there is yeah. there possibility of encountering them and communicating with them? Of like, I don't know. It just it seemed like such a possibility now. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's just a, a universal time scale is just mm. so enormous, and the universe is so physically enormous it's that to encounter. Um, well, not necessarily. I think it's like even if they are rare, given the the time span, like they they arise. Like even if if humanity is mm-hmm. one of the few right now, right? Like in a couple million years, yeah, there could yeah. be another one. Right. In one billion years, it will be the entire thing. That's enough time for an entire yeah. Earth to form and life to arrive, more or less, not really. But my but... question is, like, are there... Yeah. Are, like, are they reachable or, like, would we be able to recognize them as life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing is that when the entities are approaching Earth, it's like they're approaching the or mm-hmm. Milky Way galaxy specifically. Like, they're, they're, they come from outside the galaxy, which really just shows yeah. you how enormous they are. Like, it's not even... Galaxies are, are far apart, large. y'all. Um, We're very small. So <laughs> we are very small. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know if that implies that humans are the only, or Earth is the only life yeah. planet in the galaxy mm. or not. But oh, psh, the galaxy's not that big, though. You know, in in comparison to like the uh, universe. I mean, it's just isn't there more stars in just the galaxy than there are outside the galaxy? Um, no, then there are is sand on oh, all the beaches of Earth, psh, psh. something like that, or is that, that's <laughs> a lot of stars, Clarence? I mean, but like relatively, you know, it's all about relativity. It's still a lot. <laughs> like we're pretty like you I know yeah. uh, minuscule, minuscule in terms of like numbers. Yes. You know, we're smaller than the grain of sand. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems so mm. full of potential. Yeah. 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 With only so much time, which is... Ah, damn time. Damn time. Ah. Stupid freaking entropy. Bound we are in such linearity, yeah. you know? I want to abolish time. Yeah. After gender, after society perhaps, society like, transcend, you know? Either one. You're fine. <laughs> They're the same thing to me. Um. Okay, so that is... Yeah. That's spec. That is... <laughs> what a journey. Um, yeah, the entirety of Taylor's story, yeah. pretty much. So uh, let's let's get into the the epilogues. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one is with is from uh, Glastic Wendy's perspective, mm-hmm. which is actually I think surprising to me the first time I read it. It was so it wasn't a character that we had really stuck with before, and so I was surprised that she would be the first viewpoint we encounter after. Yeah, we haven't we haven't been following her story quite as closely. Yeah. And so in this, uh, Jessica Yamada is. Um, being her, her Ciara is therapist, mm-hmm. and they have a a chat over a drink about how to come to terms with oneself and how to become less inhuman, not human, but less inhuman. Yeah. Um, Ciara, after um a long conversation about parenthood or, or about parents and entering adolescence and about finding oneself and the masks we put on and so many of the other themes that we've we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, Ciara emerges as Valkyrie, a keeper of the dead, and surveys the expansive landscape of New York. 
Um, and later she has another conversation with Riley and the Goblin King to get her dose of sanity or mm-hmm. insanity, of course. Ah, uh, yes, that it's um the conversation they have is really, really intriguing, I think. Um particularly because we've we've watched Yamada like with a bunch of like a, a whole slew of different individuals, right? Yeah. Um and she I don't know, she really kind of is able to like uh, examine them and articulate back to them some of their, you know, hang ups and, and how they're feeling. I'm in a way that that nobody else really can, um, which amazes me every time. And maybe it's just like the magical powers of counseling or something. I don't know, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm very I'm intellectually intrigued every time Yamada like enters into the scene. Yeah, um, yeah, but but particularly the the perspective I think of Ciara is very interesting. Um, the like uh, the discussion of like uh, of in terms of self not being able to like return to this concept of humanity mm-hmm. and just like kind of making oneself into something perhaps good I guess but just like less bad I suppose or less like abstracted mm-hmm. I don't know it just it it seemed like a very interesting way it, to go. So about it. I have a a question that I don't have answered so. A lot of times in stories where characters are turning inhuman or or back and things like that, I always have to wonder, like, I mean, this has to be a a metaphor for something because we don't become inhuman, Mm -hmm. right? So I'm wondering what what this sort of represents in this scenario. Yeah. When when Ciara is talking about um, they never let you stop being a murderer, right? I mean, that's not super relatable literally, but it's relatable in the sense of after you do a bad thing, people don't forget. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the quote specific of like she makes that distinction of like one who murders or one who has murdered of like present action versus past action. I feel like it's so like we we grapple with that, I think, as it like societally like a lot. Um, in terms of of how we how we label particular individuals based on like actions or precedent, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, versus versus uh, like we're we're very bad at taking people at face value. I feel like mm. you know, like there's always like four or five things lined up like around them or behind them. Like I guess, well, I don't know if I fully agree with what I'm saying now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, as I'm, as yeah, I'm thinking through, I'm right. like. I suppose it's like uh, we're, if you've done something like unfathomable to someone, they're mm-hmm. less willing to forget that. Like they 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 attach that to you more than if you have done something good. Mm. You know, like a, yeah, a mark against you is is a like it stays longer than if you had like you know done. A good deed or 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 that sort of like yeah we were very quick to let past action overwhelm mm. um i think is i think i, I think to say that that yeah good actions can like fade um but yes uh bad ones sort of stain mm-hmm. yeah yeah be smirch one might say yeah yeah um 
Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting to grapple with. Um, and I feel like... So there's this... Oh, sorry. Um, just uh, like alongside that too, I feel like even if you don't actually commit the action, like once you have been... Like I feel like it it like follows you still, you know? Yeah. Um, I had a specific example of that, but I don't remember what it was. I don't know. It's just like people people construct their idea of you um even if they don't have like the full like details you know and then when you leave Mm. and return they still hold on to that past iteration you know they don't take into consideration that you have grown too right there's a um i mean this is a silly uh exaggeration of this but um i often think about like so consider two scenarios right someone who has done something awful, mm-hmm. but maybe they're a murderer, okay? And um, then has their... Then gets complete amnesia and then suffers a personality change mm-hmm. and becomes a good person. Yeah. Are they still guilty of the action even though, like, they cannot recall yeah. it? Yeah. And they can't... It, like, they already are better. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's and then a, a, as a of this of, like... Yeah, like murder probably but like that's legality that's not but in terms of like it's been brought up of like are they responsible for the action that they've done but they don't remember yeah yeah and and as a a parallel to that of if someone in their mind conjures up memories of hurting someone but it didn't actually happen Mm -hmm. right like if someone thinks that they murdered someone when they didn't actually and they have all the guilt like, do are they guilty because they really feel it? Yeah. That like where where does guilt reside? Is it in the body or the brain? Ah, oh, interesting, interesting. Oh, that that's so fascinating. Um, I don't know. I think that's just because like guilt is such a, it's a very abstract and human concept. There's not actually like a tie yeah. to reality. They are entirely labels. There's no. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, I don't well, have makes answers. Me think of, like, so, the distinction between like guilt and shame, mm. because shame is like socially embedded, grafted mm-hmm. onto individuals. Right? They've been told that what mm-hmm. they're doing is is unacceptable or taboo, and so they should yeah. fe- so they should feel guilty, right? Yeah. Um, but it's like a false guilt, I guess. Mm. Um, it doesn't come naturally to right. them. That's an interesting. But point. then I feel like guilt, in and of itself, can exist. Like is is cultivated yeah, by it can an be individual. like inflicted upon by someone mm-hmm. else, but like it's still something that grows within you. Yeah. 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 Um, mm. So as a a different topic, there's this long part of the conversation talking about how um, Yamada thinks that uh, Ciara is becoming an adolescent um, after yes. this marker stage of seeing her father figure as a flawed. Um, human mm-hmm. essentially and how yeah that's that's a, a major milestone for that yeah i am really glad that you brought this up because i forgot about it but i do remember being really impacted by this moment yeah um, me too yeah it was just it was very interesting that dynamic that is articulated because i i didn't think of of scion as being so connected to anyone um but it's interesting that she is like latched onto him so yeah. intensely, and then like she sees that sort of imperfection arise. 
Um, yeah. But it, it felt like um, like the end of the world and Scion, like it felt, it was kind of the last in like a series of events, I feel like, that kind of mm-hmm. revealed imperfections in like leadership and authority and just like a variety of different adults and like parental figures. Like I yeah. feel like Walbo has, you know, throughout Worm has sort of like been picking apart like the complexities of each character and, and the parental figures have not been exempt. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's uh, Taylor's dad. She saw it when her mom died and mm-hmm. he wasn't able to take care of her. And that's, yeah. that's even before the story started. Yeah. And so, yeah, inst- institutions, parental figures, um, pseudo parental figures, yeah. um, like pseudo institutions, like yeah, herself kind of, and Cauldron. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, this being impactful, I think when I first read this, I like I was like 14 or mm-hmm. 15. Um, and I think, yeah, it actually did help me process. It, it put into words the feelings I was having about my parents mm-hmm. of them like not, you know, being <laughs> good enough, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and I think... Yeah, that's something a lot of people have to come to. I, I think basically everyone has to come to terms yeah. with. Yeah, it's quite a realization, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember when I first had that realization, mm-hmm. though. I can't remember any specific moment. Yeah. I, well, it's like, I, it's, I think it's an ongoing realization that, like, intensifies and then subsides over time like i i think i definitely had the feeling before i read worm Mm -hmm. but it wasn't until then that i like yeah was able to think about it and articulate it and be like yes i have i i I remember repeating this thought that that thought in my my head um and it becomes sort of more obvious over time too as you know you grow into more of an adult and you can see them from a a perspective closer to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I didn't start articulating it to myself about like everyone around me until I started like, until I heard other people's perspectives mm-hmm. um, on like familial life and like past. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's like the realization of like there can be multiple narrators in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, in a story. Like I feel like I didn't realize it until that. Like later not in only. Life. Your perspective is is true. Yeah, or like the the narration of of your past, like of your personal past. I don't know. Mm. Maybe that this this probably isn't like a universal experience, but like it's a, it's a little abstract. But I would like you yeah, to, like, to go um, further. Like so much of like familial history, I learned first through um, my mother's perspective and like my father's perspective. Mm-hmm. But uh, in in moments of of. Uh, familial crisis um in like late childhood i feel like i realized like i i saw everyone fall apart mm. and like the narrative that i was being told as like a part of like a familial unit as like the kids of one of the people experiencing like it just it made me realize that it like the narration that i was getting from before wasn't necessarily the only perspective you know mm. and that that yeah because because like she like like parental I, I i guess i realized that parental um narration wasn't 
yeah. uh, objective. Yeah, you can, um, I, as I'm interpreting kind of what you're saying is like, you can, the same events can be told in, in different tones, sort of, mm-hmm. and different, yeah. it, you can tell different stories about the same people in the same time period over the same actions. Yeah. People have very different opinions about their own history. Um, and I feel like I didn't realize that all of them were equally important yeah. um, until a little bit later. Makes sense. Yeah. Which I feel like that's that's what kind of fed into the whole concept of like parental figures being just yeah. as human as everyone else. Uh, that was yeah. a sobering conversation. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no. It was, it's both of us. Um, yeah. So the other conversation topic that Sierra and Yamada talk a lot about, and of course, uh, we, we I don't know when we'll be done talking about this but about masks mm-hmm. um about how we become them and how choosing different ones affects us differently um she has all of these uh, the the ghosts yeah. which are very neat first of all um but they all have different personalities and they are parahumans who have merged with their shards mm-hmm. right basically and become whatever that personality was yeah that's um, very fascinating um, I, I think we talked about this before, and, and you had done something here that makes me remember um, of the, the performance of the self, mm-hmm. about how we are always, we we are acting the self, like it's not, it's an ongoing definition that, that alters from moment to yeah, moment, yeah. and we're never fully aware of the self that we are. Yeah, we're not a stagnant um, entity. Yeah, and I, I think a big point about Worm is that like, choosing the mask that you're going to wear helps you decide you're going to become more like your mask so you kind of should choose carefully uh like Gollum, he talks about how his mask was too stoic Mm -hmm. and he wishes that it it wasn't and i think that's one location where yeah he's he's wishing that he had even more humanity than he does yeah Yeah, there's very like um it even even as they like put on these masks you they can't fully separate themselves from who they are embodying. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Um, as on a, a different topic, I very much enjoy just how <laughs> serious Yamada is about uh, Chevalier's interruption because oh he gosh. starts talking I've, and we're oh, really like... I love this we, so much. Because Chevalier's like, hey, this is really important. I only have a couple minutes. This is kind of like a really dire uh, conversation. Uh, please. And Yamada's like, no, so great. even even if like the world is crumbling, I don't want. Like, no, she's this is so my... great, you know. Uh, she's so serious yeah. and angry about it, and like, I'm just every time, every time that she like appears, I'm con- like blown away by her like counseling abilities. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, she's just wonderful to have around. Yeah, yeah. super therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And then, of course, the conversation with uh, Riley and Milbog is yeah. also just what entertaining. Is his actual name, like, like his like beginning uh, name. I know it sometimes, but not right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's quite an interesting conversation too, about like, because like people haven't returned to like the birdcage. No, you know, so they're just no. kind of. I mean. I... I think Bet has been basically abandoned. Yeah. Um, also, weren't there a few people the that like, with it. were left in the no, birdcage? No, well, there were until Taylor until grabbed they, okay, them all. Okay, good. Yeah, I was kind of worried about them. And released every single one of them. God <laughs> so damn it, Taylor. Uh, 
Some of them were in there for a reason. Yeah. Okay. Well, here we are. It's fine. Amnesty. So, uh, speaking of Amnesty, the next chapter um, has uh, Nero, a uh, local warlord, who is ruling pretty brutally mm-hmm. uh, a certain area of um, one of the alternate Earths. And we really see just, like, how dark some areas mm-hmm. are um, and how rough it is. And, and people are having a hard time in winter and a bunch of other things. And... Um, but uh, after, you know, having his little show of force, he's, you know, big and overdramatic and, and playing into so many cliches. Yeah, yeah. Um, Imp shows up with Heartbreakers, um, in which you have put in parentheses, who have names and scary potential. I'm just, I'm so, like, that's probably my favorite part of multiple each of these, like, chapters in Tenoral is that, yeah. like, the groups of people that we've, like, been referenced to and have seen a couple of times, like, we have even more... T- time to like see them and experience them yeah and it's just really exciting yeah and um aisha is here with a <laughs> uh um fantastically wide and literary referential gamut to fuck shit up she's trying to become a shit fucker yes. upper which is uh it's so this is this is my favorite chapter of of uh, the epilogues yeah. it yeah. is she's yeah well like because it's hilarious yeah. Because she's trying, like hilarious. she's really deliberately trying to like figure this out. Yeah. And then she thinks she's yeah. so clever in the beginning, but then it ends up that she's like mixed up about it, and it's yeah, it's so amusing. Ah, uh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. Also, though, it's really interesting. Um, just like in a more like serious aspect of it, is that like we were talking about like acting out, you know, the self, but I feel like her actions also like become this sort of um like continuous or continual ongoing ongoing memorialization i think of like taylor and regent um both here like she's not necessarily like carrying them around physically or like like valkyrie does but like she carries the memory of them and like everybody who's died Mm -hmm. around her or that like has been left right that and she sort of like embodies them as like an act to let them live on you know, I don't know. It just yeah. it, it was a really interesting way to like keep their memory. Yeah, and alive. it's so it's her memory. Her memorializing is is so. I have no idea what the word is actually. I I can't grasp the word, but it's not like she's trying to make people remember Taylor and Regent like as they no, are. No. Right? She's just trying to remember, like, make sure that their impact lasts. Like the whole the 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 Regent dolls everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's just just to, to leave his legacy of being annoying. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's so, like. The, like the pieces of them and not necessarily yeah. their whole being but like um uh impressions yeah, yeah. I guess. and the same thing when she talks to shadow stalker that mm-hmm. the, the that symbol is going to mean different things to different people but for imp it means taylor and for shadow stalker it's also going to mean that yeah 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 it, it, yeah i just love how mature she is now mm-hmm. um she knows who she wants to be even if she's not quite that just yet um she still hasn't murdered anyone actually uh, so that's that's nice. cool nice. she avoided that scary path that taylor was worried about yeah and she's uh, so she's remembering regent more than anyone else but uh even though she doesn't have as much connection to taylor she's still thinking about her too and i like to think that she's remembering her brother too in some other mm-hmm. way um, maybe by taking care of the heartbroken 
dealing with annoying kids, <laughs> just yeah, like he yeah. did. So, yeah, I feel like she she definitely like holds all of them. I think um, as she's yeah. as she's you know kind of progressing through, but I don't know. Her conversation with Shadowstalker is very um, kind of like I mean it's not like heartbreaking, but like it's I don't know. I just I wish Shadowstalker. I don't know. She had like yeah potential. It, I guess it, like it it felt like she could have swayed from her yeah. path. Uh, in the bowels of of cauldron maybe yeah but but it's like she still she doesn't know how to exist without carrying around so much for anger and like resentment you know yeah and she also doesn't have someone reaching out to her anymore like if taylor had if 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 ignoring you know the the logic of you know capri still being Mm -hmm. around but if taylor had to stayed after the events of the end of the world i think she eventually could have gotten shadowstalker to a place where she's like a half decent person yeah, i feel like i feel like that or probably if would have someone else who's not just a straight up enabler like emma yeah someone who who will push back against it but won't antagonize right. her i guess i mean i think if if shadowstalker allowed it imp would could do that yeah she but, has that capacity i think yeah yeah i don't know it was just very interesting because like we went through this whole thing of like seeing how Imp is walking around with the memory of Taylor and Regent and Gru and everybody, um, and then it's this it's it's a very different sort of legacy I think that Shadowstalker is walking around with you know of Taylor, mm-hmm. um, but it's still like she's she still has you know she's still holding on to Taylor's memory right like she's right. one of the few that that will know her as she was as she was yeah yeah. As a, um, a, just to point out the obvious, um, Imp is mem- uh, memorializing people and remembering people when her power is to not be remembered. Mm. Just a neat little, yeah. it, it fits. Also, I love that. Yeah. Ah, ah, Imp. And the end of her story, uh, the end of the, the chapter where <laughs> she goes, what are we reading? And it's 20,000 links in the sea. Ah, it's so perfect. Ah. <laughs> uh, I grin every time I think yeah. about it. Ah, oh, gosh. Uh, so the next chapter is with Define and Dragon, mm-hmm. uh, who are in a village and um, sort of settling there. Uh, Dragon wants to make a life, um, but the the enslavement from Teacher is sort of torturing mm-hmm. her completely. She wants to be free and, and fighting, um, but of course she can't do that herself and, and Defiant is trying and he's running himself into the ground not even getting six minutes of sleep yeah it's horrible um, yeah and uh, so um, in sort of a, a as a desperate final gambit Defiant opens a past version of Dragon actually the same one that we actually met in her interlude that's that's the one ah, um, how funny because uh, the last thing that she remembers is the Undersiders mm. so um, uh, a Pandora, and uh, there's a a big fight. She and, and with Defiant's help, uh, she's released into Dragon Systems, and she sees you know the past couple of years, and she sees how much Dragon cares about Defiant, and she's kind of surprised that she does. Mm-hmm. And um, in the end, um, even though we're we're worried, even though I think Defiant Colin had. He, I think what he expected was either he was going to fail or that Pandora would, would take, take over. over. And resetting would be 
better for Dragon than than her continuing like yeah. this. Um, but Pandora sacrifices herself, takes another option, and cuts away the teacher rot, and Dragon lives. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you were able to articulate it that way, because I feel like I got yeah. a bit lost in the details. Yeah, I understand. Um, it did, yeah, a lot of the digital speak, sort yeah. of concept speak. But it was really, um, these two, I feel like this was such a wonderful end for them. Because, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it's just like, Dragon seems to like have sort of come to terms with herself, you know, in this like village. And she's like, comfortable here and you know she she has these she has you know long-term goals and everything um and she's like both willing to like accept her present reality if she gets to continue to like exist like she's willing to compromise but she also wants to be better and i don't know it's just there's so much like trust between her and and defiant like um i wrote down that their story feels like elizabeth and um Okay, you 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 reminded me that it was Will Turner, but it's kind of you know, yeah, Orlando Bloom in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, if people yes. forget. Sorry, I got I got super lost about that. Um, <laughs> I should watch that again. They are a very good yeah, like it's to, to look it's at. This, like they know that they're in love, but like there's all these circumstances that keep pulling them apart. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. a very specific kind of like inevitability and like devotion. You know, that I feel like yeah, we 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 aren't like up close and present the whole time that they're falling for each other and like becoming this sort of like very strong like duo. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we get a couple of glimpses of it, you know. And I feel like it. There's just like it's so deep. I, I think one thing that makes it so refreshing is that it's so unlike the normal. Um, fast-paced important moments romance that we yeah. see in most um novels mm-hmm. and I, I mean that's that's always just a consequence of like you know you only have so much time in the novel you're only going to see so many events yeah, yeah. so these big events are of course going to be more important and you know bind them together but dragon Def- defiant they don't really have many huge moments that like cemented their bond that like changed how they view each other it's just they were close for a very long time and and cared for each other for a very long time and just liked each other more and more yeah i don't know it's just sort of like settling into like like um like a like comforting sheets or something i don't know it's just like Mm -hmm. very you know like slow sort of you know letting your body relax into like comfort and like familiarity and happiness i guess i don't know it's just it seems yeah. so wonderful um, too yeah as a, a different tack uh mm-hmm. dragon's interest in in having a child mm-hmm. i think is you know i just so it, it's it's so her motherliness is so interesting because it's i mean she's an ai she's yeah. not a mother she's not any she's chosen to be a woman yes and she's chosen to be a mother mm-hmm. um and uh it's I, like I think that's a part of like her becoming her mask, and like that's she's she's choosing to value these things and choosing, uh, yeah, to to be a mother. And I I have to wonder if like part of it is like a it, in addition to you know being a, of course a valid you know choice for so many reasons, but like partly as a rebellion against her creator, as in to say not in a petty way, but like in a way of like in an, as an act of defiance of. Um, you made it so I can't have children, but I'm going to be a mother. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, sort of, you know, um, like a righteous vindication yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. I, I do wonder if what Richter, like, I mean, she might have been gendered already from the beginning, but mm-hmm. and she could have cho- chosen to change that if she wanted, and she chose not to. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, th- picturing her having a kid or making one, which is a fun <laughs> notion. Turn of phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. She's just, she's seemed the mo- she seems like the most maternal figure that we've encountered mm-hmm. in almost the whole of Worm, I feel like. Yeah. Um, which also may be limited because we're like in Taylor's perspective so often. Yeah. Um, I think we only see a couple others in that are like... Um, Carol? Yeah. Yeah, that's about it, that's basically. All I can think of. Oh, I suppose uh, Purity, but... Oh yeah, I don't, I don't, that's true too. I don't think she exudes. She doesn't really exude here. mother like mm, maternal. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, she she cares about baby. Yeah, but and she's she's claimed yeah. the role, and the title. Yeah. But I feel like she doesn't have that. She doesn't have the feeling of it. That she's, yeah, does. she's not acting it enough. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, which is kind of a moot point because she's still screaming. But let's move oh, on and terrible. not think about that. Um, the next chapter is uh, <laughs> is Rachel's. Um, so uh, I'm going to read your your summary here. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel comes to town with her posse, one lamenting the lack of fries and fast food and staples of civilization. Um, and Cassie so excitedly, doggedly, one might say, <laughs> haha. Actually, I should say how you say it, haha. <laughs> uh, clinging to Rachel's every word. Um, who are and they're tracking a father who uh, fled their land into the cityscape and, and taken his kid um, from uh, her mother. Yeah. Uh, they witness a terribly monstrous trigger vision, or yeah, a trigger event, um, which is uh, inky black like the 2018 Venom. Uh, Rachel and Miss Militia talk. Miss Militia's like, you can't pull this Wild West shit here in the city. We must coordinate even if you don't like politicking. And Rachel, like, allows it. Yeah. And they have trust. And um, it finishes with um, Rachel at her own memorial mm-hmm. for Taylor. And uh, Vista and Miss Militia talking with her and empathizing with her. And she's able to have a conversation. She's able to trust them enough to... Talk about feelings, mm-hmm. and which is such a huge, like yeah. point of growth. I feel she's like. able to have friends and have solidarity with these people that she once fought, and that's yeah, that's huge for her. This the, yeah, this section always makes me cry. Like yeah, every time. I don't know. It's just like it's also just her memorializations are just so heartfelt, and like like physically you can feel her heart in them. You know, like like when she scratched yeah. her dog's names onto like. The, like official memorial way earlier on like you know there's it's just something so like heartwarming i guess about how like deliberate yeah. she is about it yeah that's true that um yeah she she she's one of the few people that we really see her like memorialize and take physicalize it mm-hmm. it's cool that she's doing the same thing with taylor as she did with her dogs yeah <sighs> i love her so much like yeah. she's probably my favorite character i've probably said that before but she's i definitely in the, must say in, it again in the top three at all times but yeah. the place switches depending on what i am talking about probably top yeah. two really i don't know she's just like she's so earnest like about what she's doing you know 
and like yeah. so very like deliberate in the way that she wants to you know take care of her like little group of people and like and like keep her word and everything and all this even even if it's more like physical or like violent than what miss militia is like imagining mm-hmm. it just she's so wonderfully like um straight straightforward i guess in her actions and honest yeah yeah i don't know it's just very wonderful to see her it's also just as a another you know bit of it is that she really she's trying so hard to understand people and like i mean before she had kind of given up Mm -hmm. and just said like people are going to be hostile and all these sorts of things but like i mean when um biter is is complaining about fast food and and not having that she doesn't understand it at all yeah but she's gonna try to still make him happy even though she doesn't get how that works yeah yeah it's just she she wants to try so hard. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's very endearing. Also, I have a question about this in terms mm-hmm. of, like, the trigger event. Because mm-hmm. um, I, like, why is it, why are they still That's happening? That's a great question, Clarence. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man, I just, I just peaked the recording so bad. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I would answer that but yeah it's it's very intriguing in how they're some of them are broken it seems like a quarter of them which is a lot actually mm. feels like for for like horrifying events like this to happen i think multiple people died too yeah. so yeah but like where are they coming from right like is there another entity somewhere that they're that's like you know kind of placing them again like how was that that's working? an excellent question ah Ah. I mean, like, I think you could probably, like, come up with some theories from looking at stuff, but I don't want to guide you on that. So, mm. um, yeah. But, what if it's I, from I guess if you... Scion? Mm-hmm. Is it Scion's, like, leftover bits? That are just it kind certainly of, could like, be. Uh, I mean, it... Into honestly, honestly, I don't fully know the answer either, even having read part of Ward. Um, mm. The, so... I mean, what we do see in that is that it's a it's a trigger vision from the the battle. It's yeah. actually from when they were traumatizing him. So how intriguing. Possibly, huh? Although I wonder what the hell that power is supposed to be if it was one of those like core pieces yeah. or something. Yeah. Oh, it's very fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so we leave best girl Rachel behind, mm-hmm. um, and so we have uh, teachers interlude who is uh, sneaking into the PRT offices. He seems, um, he has so many backup plans that even though some seem to like completely fall apart, that he has so many that he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really, the the whole negotiation thing of like, he's telling them exactly what's going to happen and it's just like, hey, if you just make this easier for me, you, you, you get some benefits. But of course they can't do it. But it's like, I mean, watching that, we're like, God damn it. Like, yeah, he's going to do it though. He's so that he's so frustratingly yeah. effective also satyr's still alive and left all his yes. teammates to die unless if they're still alive too which is horrible yeah because he was like going on and on about this whole thing about love and like sacrifice yeah. hmm. i mean i don't i don't fault him yeah, it's true for... it's true i mean survival and everything but yeah <sighs> satyr um and then um the free ingenue who uh is saying that um She's done with Chevalier yeah. because 
he hasn't given them to her. And the only people who do worse than her boyfriends are her ex-boyfriends. Ugh. Long Chevalier. I don't know. I, just, I feel like that would be such, like, a weight upon her. You know? Of her boyfriends? Yeah, like, does she feel guilty yeah. about all of those people? That she's, like, I, she seems off track? like... So she molds her personality so much, and I, I think teacher has an interesting observation of like how she does it automatically as as a self defense mechanism, even if like it puts her in a worse position. Mm-hmm. And like I think that's uh, if it is relatable. Um, I I don't think it's relatable to everyone, but that idea of like you kind of have this pattern of like putting yourself in bad situations mm-hmm. basically yeah, yeah. i think is something to watch out for and i think it's it's it, i appreciated being able to 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 read this and be like hmm let's make sure that doesn't happen yeah or make sure that when i meet someone who's like that that they realize it too mm-hmm. um so uh teacher does his little heist thing and in the process uh lung um elsewhere has killed the sea merc's baby who was very ugly so, so sad, i don't know do, so do do you have a theory on what the baby was um hmm i mean so like the sea merc built the baby right or like mm-hmm. grew grown it in like a little yeah. tube yep hmm. and the baby was but ugly but not like in just like below average looking baby hmm. but it's not like i don't know it's not another uh, I guess, entity, though, right? No, no. Uh, I guess a better question, Clarence, would be, who is this baby? Who is the baby? This... I mean, is it still, like, who is the baby? Hmm. When did, um, when did the Seamark start growing I think it's implied that... When she was, like, uh, building all of her little... Yeah, all the guns, yeah. Guns. So after hmm. they were kind of... It, right after she found a purpose after losing it. Yes. I mean, is it one of the, like, ones that uh, Bonesaw was examining way earlier what do you mean? like uh, no when they came but to, it's like... the same technology i think hmm. but it's someone that is more important to her mm-hmm. someone who's more important to her like leviathan it's her a human siblings? baby it's a human baby a human baby she is growing. and it's ugly that's ugly who do we know that is ugly mm-hmm. is it someone we know i mean is it tattletale but she's nor not ugly dead. nor ugly who else is ugly that is a baby or that needs to be oh who is that i don't know i can't think of anyone who's yeah, specific. okay. Mm. I don't want to continue to, to drag this on, but I don't want to just tell I wanna you know. either. I want to know. I want to know. Is it like one of the good guys? We are familiar Someone with. Who we are familiar with? Like closely, like friendship familiar no. with? No. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's someone who has perhaps died? So 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 mm-hmm. let's let's collate all the all the clues, okay? So ugly baby. Ugly baby. That is important to the Seamurg, that is dead, that was on the hero side. That was on the hero side. <gasps> Is it Idolin? Hey! Ah, that took forever, and I'm so yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I think that's the implication. Interesting. Because ugly baby, ugly nose. I think Aww. is the. Uh, oh, yeah. poor baby. Yeah, it's so Idolin died again. I think. That's uh, so sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So, uh, as, as a, yes. She grew so nice too. So one thing I, I, I am curious about that though is like, how did she let that happen? How did she let the baby die? 
Yeah, like where? Because like, she, she could have just gone right to space, now? right? Like I'm sure she yeah. could have like made this casing. So I'm I'm sure that she like let it happen hmm. as a message. So what sort of but, message is she? She sort of, is she yeah, trying to send? I don't know. Hmm. And and I mean, we don't want to jump down the the Seamer hole, but yeah. Yeah, her motivations um, are very tricky. Yeah. So uh, to finish off the chapter, yes, uh, teacher <laughs> and ingenue go and have a conversation with Mark, uh, Marquis, mm-hmm. the Marquis of a, a world now, uh, <laughs> about power and control and the various ways to acquire them. So teacher kind of wants everyone to band together um, to solve, to maybe put together an entity, yeah. maybe, yeah, um, and like try to work together to solve the heat death of the universe that final goal that everyone should be trying to solve yeah but someone some other yeah. people tried to do that and uh look where it got them yeah and i i feel like he doesn't learn from fairy tales you know yeah. or like fables i feel like he's one of those who would just be like that's a nice story and then put it on the shelf you know yeah and then proceed to do exactly that some teacher yeah geez ah <laughs> uh, yeah but they have a really interesting conversation, I think, uh, with Marcus about, like, about how power and, and control are, like, established and, like, the variety of ways um, in terms of, like, indebtedness specifically and, like, prestige. I don't know. I don't remember all the details of it, but I remember it being very interesting. That, like, one of those things that I, like, want to set aside and look at during our, like, essay explorations, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I yeah. also just appreciate villains having tea together and like uh, threatening yeah. each other, but I, also like, not. Marcus, like, he's he's a really good villain. Just a, like his his whole like aesthetic vibe and other you know uh, visual aspects of him. I don't know. He's just very. He has it all down pat. You know, villain goals. Mm. Um. Then we have our, our final interlude, our final chapter. This is this is the final yeah. the final overview summary chapter of Worm and Decomposing Worm. This is the end. Interlude end. So we begin so this is a, a couple different scenes. Mm-hmm. All third person and uh, a teenager who is n- deliberately not gendered and an old woman talk on a train about um I guess redemption about Yeah. Yeah, I think it's about going back and doing better. Mm-hmm. I think, and yeah, um, yeah, I think the first time I read it, I thought it might have been Gru. Yeah, um, I wasn't sure who the, it was yet. Yeah, but also I, I like speed read it, but I, I think it's supposed to be Taylor, and we're just holding off on the reveal. Yeah, um, the undersiders gather, and we learn of Gru's death at the oil rig. He mm-hmm. never made it off, and how Taylor is probably alive. Maybe. Uh, very, still very vague. We're not sure in what state she is alive either. Yeah. Um, and uh, specifically, Dinah's invited just to make sure that Dinah thinks that and mm-hmm. feels bad about it, I hope, is is the second <laughs> thing. Well, yeah. not I hope. Well, maybe I hope. <laughs> I don't know. Tattletale hopes so, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and it's a great moment of memorializing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor, uh, then we finally see... Taylor uh, revealed when she meets her mother, Annette Hebert, on um, Earth Aleph. And it's both cathartic <sighs> and a letdown because she's not, you know, her mom. Yeah. She's someone who's very close to her mom. 
and uh, her dad's, you know, holding off as well. And Which we... I feel like that concept of, like, encountering someone that you know so, like, deeply and love so intimate, like, in a context where they don't know you, yeah. I feel like is worse yeah. than never seeing them again. Yeah. It's, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, she seems to find it, like, a bit cathartic, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. But it just, I don't know, that... That just feels like in a dream where you can't, like, stop someone from dying because you can't speak. Mm -hmm. You know, like that, I don't know. Yeah. So Taylor talks about how burdened she feels, Mm -hmm. uh, her countless actions, that she was a monster, and how she'll never do something as important as before. But uh, through the conversation and uh, some other deliberation, she comes to think that maybe one day she can be okay with Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it's definitely, she seems much more open to the concept of, of existing as herself, singularly. Yeah. Um, No matter, like, the memories that she carries around, like, there's, there's a sort of, like, a renewal in this, in this, like, new space that she's yeah. existing in. Yeah. It is um interesting, though. The, yeah, like, so there's three popular up. interpretations of the ending. Um, the first is that Taylor is dead, and this is an afterlife mm-hmm. scene. Um, um, the second is that Taylor is actually in a coma, um, and these are her dreams, uh, maybe like Tinker Tech dreams, if, if yeah, yeah. You, you need that to be plausible. Um, or that Taylor is alive, and we can take this at face value. Um, I like her being alive, um, but some of the other interpretations maybe are a little bit more poetic or mean things to different people. But I think the important part is that in all of them, she is finding catharsis. She is going to try and get better and mm-hmm. I think eventually do get better, even if it is in an afterlife, even if it is in a dream yeah, or if yeah. it's in reality. She still, she still has, she has made that choice yeah. to herself to, yeah. to sort of come back from who she was or like go beyond or like I, I don't know if it's necessarily linear in that way but like she's like decided yeah. to like come to terms with, and I like i don't i, I kind of don't care which one of the three it is mm-hmm. because like we're seeing taylor do this yeah we're seeing taylor experience it and so it kind of doesn't matter like on what level of real it is yeah because to it her, is to her it's happening real. yeah 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 um yeah, I really liked this. Um, I didn't. I wasn't quite sure how to interpret it. I wasn't sure if she wasn't dead or if, like what, how it was going. But I, the way that you articulated the like variety of ambiguity, I I think I really mm-hmm. like a lot. Because um, it, it there's specifically I think the concept of like her being able to like find that piece that she was like hoping for. I guess. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It, it's. I feel like it, it can be articulated in, in multiple different ways. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I wrote out here that it's, like, reachable in, like, death stillness, right? In, like, the aftermath of death, there is, like, silence. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't really find silence. You know, it's she's she's here and, like, still, like, yeah. present, you know? Yeah. It, yeah. It, I think, yeah, quiet is, a, is good. Because, yeah, her, her life is going on. It's just not going to be... You know, there's, she's not going to be Skitter again yeah. or anything like that. She'll just be Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I mean, yeah, she's finally kind of yeah coming to terms with her self, the good and the bad, but also coming to terms with her mom being gone finally. Yeah, yeah. Which has hurt her for so long. Yeah, that's been a really like deep wound that's been almost open, not quite this whole time, I feel like. Yeah. You know, like it's been close to the surface. Um, yeah, she never really had time to sort of sit down and sort through herself. But yeah. Um, you don't want to know, know a funny good. observation of a funny thing that, that is that is true? Uh, this is the first chapter of Worm I ever read. Really? Yeah. You so, read the end first? Yeah. Well, it, not on purpose. Oh, okay. Um, when I first clicked on Worm, um, I, I guess it had been recently completed. Oh, this was the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this was the... So uh, most of Wild Bill's ongoing web serials are usually set up where, like, when you click on the link, the most recent chapter comes up. It's with the expectation mm-hmm. that, like, the people who are clicking on the link the most are the people who are keeping up to date. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, being convenient for them. And uh, so I clicked on it and I read this first chapter, or maybe not the whole thing, but at, at the very least I remember that um, the, the train scene. Mm-hmm. I was so confused like, as to what was it? happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and then I went back and actually read Worm. But it was funny, a funny nice, start. Nice, yeah. Yeah, I find um, books that I read the middle of, um, I get very invested in. Yeah. And when I begin, I think I started know? reading it in a class. Um, that I was, it was a computer class, I think, mm-hmm. and I was like done with my stuff, which is uh, somewhat <laughs> funny because that sort of happens, not really. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, that that ends our yeah. our summary. There we go. Our, of worm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this section that we want to talk about is is kind of like talking about worm as as a whole. Um, you know, this section, but also the entire thing. Um, if you want to talk about these the sections first. Oh, yeah. They're just like the ending as a as a concept. Yeah, I, um, I, I read this all like really, really fast. Um, I mean, not that that is a different speed than how I read the rest of Worm, but like, I feel like I read this even like more in like a quickly than usual um so i feel like by the time that we got to the end i it was it was i was very emotionally wrung out um because there had been so much action and so much like dramatic resolution and like all the individual tales and it was um i get i get very like excited about the end um and it was very nice to sort of like kind of sink into the end i think i think um in 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 kind of uh perusing each individual tale as it ended you know Mm -hmm. um yeah, it was it was fascinating too because a lot of them we we've really only been like partial viewers to, if that makes sense. Like like we've we've been catching glimpses like the whole time, right? You know, as they like traveled and grew and rep- wept and laughed and all of this in the periphery, and mm-hmm. sometimes in in the foreground. But I feel like, um, yeah, I don't know. It was very it was very satisfying to sort of see the end of a lot of these these tales that we've been sort of uh, watching mm-hmm. as they as they yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know we mentioned it last episode, but I do find it remarkable just how many threads get closed off. Mm-hmm. Like almost every single one in some way or another, and most of them in a pretty satisfying way. All the important ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty neat at the end. But <laughs> yeah. like not tied too tightly. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, with the implication that they are still going on. They're not just uh, ending. Yeah. In terms of, like, um, Worm as, like, a whole serial novel and, like, other large-scale evaluations mm-hmm. and such, um, there was... I feel like the the medium of it, like, there's so much room in the size and expanse of Worm to to uh, make space for like a variety of things to explore you know um which and i love that we return so often um to the idea of like identity Mm -hmm. and like how to exist within identities and like how to break away from them uh, and it didn't like uh subsume like the action it was alongside it you know it was very much um the sort of tale of like a finding and building like uh a sense of identity into like a multifaceted self, I guess. Yeah, it's really interesting. Just like, I mean, Worm, its prose is actually very, very, um, I don't know if grounded is the right word, but very focused on like what are the actions and descriptions and mm-hmm. things that are happening. And it does have moments where it goes more philosophical and like a, a character muses, but that's it's actually pretty rare for it to, to do that it, like in comparison to all the rest and yet because it has so much room to plot these things uh to to let you see everything drawn out that you don't need <laughs> those times where the characters sort of more spelled out for you um in there yeah because it's yeah it's yeah, all it's there really in, interesting. in emotions like how much we are able to draw from their like from actions and, and conversations, that sort of thing. And it's not, we don't get a lot of introspection, but we have a huge, like, at like a huge, you know, uh, viewing, I guess you could say, of people coming into like themselves. Yeah. yeah. It, like, it's it's interesting. If you, if you stop reading worm, worm for a while, right? And then you read one of the latter, one of the last like arcs of worm if you just jump back in after you know maybe like two years of not mm-hmm. um the prose is like so sparse it's so because all of the characters and everything you have already been described you know maybe three or four times before and so we yeah, all you're, you're are expected to, to sort know. of have that yeah. in the back of your mind yeah when we, we like tattletale is not described uh, at all in the mm-hmm. last like 10 arcs except for maybe you know has blonde hair or if it's really relevant like purple you know, eye or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I, I wonder what the last time her, her purple eye on her costume is mentioned. And yet, for a lot of people, that, that image stays. Um, yeah, it's very, like, embedded in our yeah. mind. And so, yeah, when you go and read it, especially in, in spec, most of all, all the spec does have a lot more cerebral stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is vague. Yeah. If yeah. you don't have all the context build up. Even when you do, but especially if you don't. So I just find that really, really interesting. Um, how it like feels fully fleshed out when if you just look at what's on the page, it, it kind of isn't. Yeah, yeah. It's really interesting that way. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating like way to write a novel, I think. Yeah. And I really and, like and a lot of this would be true of like a lot of novels. Like That's very I'm true. pretty like, sure a Game of Thrones, the final or a Song of Ice and Fire, the, the later books don't just like describe Arya's face again, you know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I think this is not an extreme, but like a yeah, closer to an extreme of of 
assuming that you know what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It just... It's very, like... It's so specifically specific and also, like, really, really vast, you know? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know. I just... It was a really fun journey to, like, go along mm-hmm. with, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, like... Uh, when I was when I was much younger, uh, like in my uh, preteens and in, in very early teens, uh, Percy Jackson Olympians was my like number one mm-hmm. impactful book series. You know, everyone has a different one. Uh, Harry Potter for a lot of people, um, uh, Twilight for some, and uh, mm-hmm. Hunger Games for others, uh, or or whatever. Um, and Worm was that for teenage years and. Huh. Like yeah, it's it's really impactful to me, um, and it, it's it's something I think about all the time. Like not only when I'm watching superhero stuff, actually superhero stuff is probably one of the times I think about it the least where you would uh, expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about any time you know I'm reading anything that's that's like more for young adults. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just like, hey, this is how you can execute a, a story really well. This is how you can stick a landing, and this is how you can get someone to really care about a character. It's actually interesting at this point, like, after rereading it so many times, um, Taylor is less of a character to me. She's almost, like... I, that's not the right word, but, like, I've projected myself a lot onto her, you know? Mm-hmm. I've just, like, yeah, I've rationalized along with her. Um, yeah, of course. That she's more a uh, perspective than like a distinct different person character yeah, uh, yeah. like alongside rachel or, or others mm-hmm. at this point like rachel or taylor the character who was bullied is someone i can think of almost separate from like taylor the perspective the narrator of worm yeah yeah i don't know if that makes any sense at all but i'm trying to articulate it no that yeah that makes sense yeah that is very interesting of, like, how influential it is in terms of, like, how you approach a variety mm-hmm. of different stories. Yeah, I don't know. There's such there's such a very specific impact of, like, young adult novels yeah. on, like, individual minds. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's really weird, especially if, if Wadbo <laughs> listens to this particular <laughs> section. Just the fact that, like, I mean, I've read so many of his works, uh, so many of his words so many times. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've read Pact and Twig once each. And, and and a lot of Ward and a lot of Pale, um, but Worm I've read at this point. I think this is my fifth fifth time that I've completed reading the whole thing. Yeah, and so that's a lot of time for Wildbo's words to echo in my head that and is. for this perspective to influence me. And so like a some not insignificant portion of my entire personality is <laughs> a result of this book, mm-hmm. which is just yeah, it's just very strange to think about and that also makes me wonder like which sections right yeah which sections have you like returned to or which which sections of my personality mm. are oh i see yes a result um yeah and i don't know i don't know i feel like i consume like so much that i think like that i return to all the time um and like re-examine and think about again in different ways i don't know i feel like the majority of my life has been built on, like, reading and consumption of media and, like, uh, filtering mm-hmm. life through that, that I feel like, I don't know, there's, 
I think that's why I'm so fascinated by the concept of language being intensely referential. Because mm. in my mind, when I speak, it's always referential. You know, there's always something that I'm like, oh, this is like that. Right. I don't know. I, f- I feel like I wouldn't be able to like parse it out it though? and choose or like pieces of like what you were wondering about which aspects of mm. yourself have been influenced so greatly by where I feel like I wouldn't be able to like individually separate the strands. Yeah. Of myself yeah, it's a, versus it's a, I what think I've consumed. It's, it's a drop in water, yeah. right? Where maybe, I mean, maybe it like influences one section a little bit more, but yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Good book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so we can, we can, there's other sections. We had some really great listener questions that I, I do want to go through. Um as well um mm. so i want to go to the listener questions before we go to like other other things that we um oh m- might want to mention okay so uh i'm very bad at math uh, asked a couple questions which was um, so sweet and they, i really liked yeah. all of these questions yeah uh, they also uh suggested reading the first part of ward uh sooner than later basically arc one mm-hmm. uh or, or glow warm which is the bridge between worm and ward and then like the first um arc i think or the first chapter even yeah um which i I don't entirely disagree um so first question could you talk about some characters that you feel either overcame their trigger or trauma or moved in such a positive direction that it could be thought of as such how did it happen and why Mm -hmm. yes um well both the people that you wrote down if you would like to mention them, because you, um, <laughs> you thought of them first. The, the, the obvious ones, uh, Rachel and Aisha. Yeah, both with, them. I, I, I think Aisha, especially a lot through humor, like her whole thing mm-hmm. of being forgotten, she's like acknowledges it and yeah. laughs about it a lot. And then in addition, she's, you know, doing the memorializing thing, which I yeah. think is also one way that she gets remembered in addition. So Yeah, she sort of like makes herself unforgettable. Yeah, um, yeah both of them, I think, did really well. I think... Um, I feel like, I mean, perhaps not at the very end, but like I feel like uh, Regent did really well in his yeah. in his like, uh, you know, individual, especially like when he became like Ling Chu, uh, imp. I think he really, like when he when he became more than just like kind of like a side character. I feel like, in mm-hmm. in in the group, I feel like he really kind of came into yeah himself. Um, um, I feel like Bonesaw in the last moments mm. um, did fairly okay. I it, I mean, she's still, like, got a ways to, like, go. Yeah. And she still has, it, like, a lot. It's a strong start. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like for her, those initial steps were really momentous. Um, I feel like Gollum did Yeah, really uh, I well. mean, his whole thing was never, you know, being significant enough and all... all I think being challenged over and over of like just not being like tough enough, yeah, uh, being too soft. Mm-hmm. But I think that's part of what makes him such a good person. Yeah, it's because he he chose to like hold on to that piece of himself. Like he saw yeah. that there there was that 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 Taylor had chosen to like compartmentalize that, and he was unwilling to do that. And I think that yeah, um, really kind of strengthened his character. Mm-hmm. I think he's nice. a, a a key example of staying true to yourself mm-hmm. um, when that self is is a good 
person to stay true to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I feel like Defiant did really well. Oh yeah, of course. He, he had he was real he was struggling at the beginning, <laughs> um, and he really pulled and through. Didn't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah. Who else? Um, perhaps um, Sveta, and like maybe some of the Case Fifty Threes. Definitely taking steps in the right direction yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean, they didn't like. Perhaps they didn't fully like get to the realization actualization aspect of it but i feel like they they definitely like were able to like articulate and and begin to like process um yeah in ways that they couldn't before because yeah. they yeah. didn't know i well, i wonder if some of them are frustrated with not you know being able to kill dr mother themselves yeah. or, or, or that, you know <laughs> face them yeah but at the same time it's also like there's a lot of y'all like you can't you can't all kill dr mother like so. this isn't julius caesar okay yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, and I feel like with them, it's more about coming to terms with their new self mm. than exacting like revenge. Because the revenge, the revenge isn't going to give them the catharsis yeah. they want. Yeah, it's very, it's you know? so short lived. Yeah. If uh, I mean, y'all have an answer, yeah, yeah, you should uh, answer. There's in, probably in, there's uh, probably a lot that we, have, <laughs> we forgot to mention. Yes, yes, lots. I, I mean Taylor too. Even oh yeah, uh, yeah. at the very very end, I think. I think. Yeah, she sort of reaches yeah. the pinnacle at the end. If you knew what powers were and what the global threat was, would you use a vial? I think, would you accept a cauldron vial at the end? Um, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I am not a, like, aggressive person, mm-hmm. um, except during uh, that game where you turn the table on and it, like, has air and you play uh, Air hockey? Yeah. You're very aggressive with that. Very dangerous. Dangerous. You should not. Or like Uno, those sorts of things. Terrible. <laughs> but I feel like like my general I, personality. I actually would really, really like to play board games with you, Clarence. We we need to make that like, happen I have to, as soon I, as Like, possible. I'm mean. Like, I get mean <laughs> and cruel, and it's not a good time. <laughs> wow. No, I would I'm not I a good winner, and I'm not a good loser. <laughs> we, like, we banned. Okay. We banned game night. Really? Like, oh my goodness! Yeah. We are uh, we are not allowed to do that in my house. That's incredible. Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate. But so, um, I feel like it wouldn't go well if I was to join the like physical attack. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like I would be probably better served, um, helping like individual mm-hmm. like communities. Mm. Also, I fear yeah. conflict, so that you know, yeah. I, I, it wouldn't go well. I I fear verbal conflict but mm. well no conflict in general but it's more the fact that i don't want to hurt someone than yeah like yeah um i i would say yes uh but with the, the oh my god with the acknowledgement that it's a bad decision mm-hmm. it is a bad decision and i would eventually regret it yeah i would yeah and i would do it knowing that <laughs> um mostly just as a, out of a desperate grasp for meaning mm-hmm. you know um it's it's really hard to feel special in uh, in in reality. So if I could pick some, if I could pick up some powers and not like have a guaranteed fate worse than death, yeah, uh, yeah. It, like if you're no, if you're gonna send me into battle against Gray Boy, okay, no, I won't take it. No thanks. Against Sion, I mean, he just wanted to kill people, right? So, um, yeah, I yeah. I mean, I. I want to choose interesting things. I think interesting things are. Um, 
I wouldn't want to live in a world that was just safe and happy all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think I wouldn't want the human experience to just be flattened out. Yeah. That said, I mean, I would love for a lot of the worst suffering to be just cut out entirely. You know, like yeah. I don't I'm not one of those people that thinks like true evil needs to exist for us to know true good. I just um, I'm yeah, I'm OK with for myself anyway some bad things happening mm-hmm. if it, it keeps things more interesting yeah um next question what are some things that stood out for you because of your appreciation of art and artists special parts of the story that stood out for you ah, this question is so nice <laughs> um i'm thinking well i i wrote down a bunch of like settings that i was thinking about because um, like the the city and like the multiple landscapes in the city um like the i feel like the view that we get of new york where it's like all these like multi layers of new york that was so fascinating um just mm-hmm. like visually and like the sort of like eerie emptiness of like cauldrons bowels and like lower levels and like some of the like visual weight of the costumes and like in the choreography of like the huge fights um i feel like those visuals are really really interesting uh and and just like the end bringers themselves i feel like yeah they're like the way that they operate and the way that they look is so like intriguing mm-hmm. to me and then all the like material details that taylor notices um that wouldn't really like change the narrative that much if we didn't notice it but like definitely alter how i kind of like know of the space and know of the mm-hmm. people like it 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 changes it minutely. So, I really what do you like mean? That. Like, uh, where, where are the, some of the examples for that? I just like, uh, like perhaps like a shift in in like someone's um, like body language or or mm-hmm. the way that they uh, kind of occupy space or mm-hmm. um, details about their like appearance that she deems very important to mention. Um, mm. Which is me referencing the wire eyelashes that I cannot forget. So fascinating. <laughs> yeah. um, but like, yes. there's a lot of those sorts of details that she mentions um, in her yeah. in her uh, descriptions um, that I feel like sort of change the way that that we feel about people mm-hmm. because because of the detail in in her. It's like it's the difference between like um uh like a charcoal drawing of somebody versus a. Uh, you know, like kind of like a kind of a gestural charcoal drawing versus like like hyper realistic graphite. You know, mm-hmm. like there's a level of of attentiveness that that we get and we kind of you know uh, take on because she okay. has it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what about you? So for me, uh, those poetic bits too of of just description, mm-hmm. um, but also some of just the uncomfortableness of some of the questions asked and fates observed. Um, mm. Right, like Grey Boy yeah. and sacrificing for ultimate goods, you know, the end of the universe stuff. Um, all the mind alteration, it's uh, yeah. really horrible. Mm. Um, Sion's emotions, the the screaming, I think was just uh, yeah. It's an affecting. It's an affecting image. Yeah. Um, like I feel like if it was a painting, I would feel something looking at it. Yeah. Um, and then also feels like Saturn. Hmm? Isn't that isn't that that painting where Saturn is like eating his child? Or oh something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one where he's like ripping. Yeah, that's sort the, of like. Yep. 
something so like deep within you know i don't know it's very it's very like like primally emotions science yeah wait sorry i i missed some of that oh uh science science emotions are very visceral Mm -hmm. yeah you know like uh this this sort of like a like uh disturbing like um with disturbing intensity i think i would say yeah 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 um yeah and it, as another thing um the non-human perspectives uh and just the different perspectives of viewing the world um not only you know the xenofiction of like the seamer and others and, and the entities but also like just the, the ways that some powers worked and how they change how we view the world um mm, yeah i just think yeah. they're very great I mean, uh, Matt talks a lot about it in in We've Got Worm, but how Worm is great science fiction, and yeah, it's it is science fiction. Um, it is. It's really. I, I was I was very impressed with like the the level of detail and and um like continuous additions to like the world building. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it, it's not like we are introduced to the world and we know it, and then we go right. on and proceed into the story. It's like throughout the entire story we're still building on our knowledge yeah um, which is the best way yeah. to world build, it, like, yeah the mysteries are ongoing and um we even as as some knowledge feels complete or more complete there's still more like even now yeah there's still more now e- yeah. even as we know the the broader strokes uh yeah it, and the final thing i want to mention is just like how neat so much of the symbolism is like just mm-hmm. the fact that uh, it, powers that were worked off of trauma is just so yeah it works so well yeah, and yeah. it makes it so easy to uh, analyze characters mm-hmm. you're like oh what was their trauma how is it manifesting through their yeah. power how do you how is there a, how are they still facing it today um, it's so neat and, and other mm-hmm. stuff yeah and I feel like it's a good way to like process right if you like identify with an individual yeah you know because it's so like some of it like feels literalized that it like i don't know i feel like it's easier to confront when it's something yeah. tangible as a yeah. guidebook mm-hmm. and you can differ from it but yeah um i'm gonna skip the next question um and come back to it um <laughs> but uh megafire 7 has uh left a observation or left two questions mm-hmm. um saying, I think one of the moments in these three arcs that I've always marveled at is the Seamurg stab upgrading Leviathan. This is the uh, last section. Yeah, yeah. It seems absolutely filled with symbolism that is utterly pointless and just the Seamurg using the symbolism for shits and giggles, like Leviathan being uh, crucified. Yeah, um, yeah. I realize that asking about the Seamurg's motives is itself a 4D rabbit hole to go down, but do Very you true. have any thoughts about why she behaved the way she did? I feel like she's got something else planned well you know i think so much of it really it comes down to what is her motivation like what is the one thing that she's like now that the the cycle is broken Mm -hmm. and especially now that the biggest threat is gone why is she doing the things that she's doing yeah if she's all ego all rules no primal drives yeah what does she does yeah. she does she also does she still have a drive for conflict like so many other pair humans do or what? I don't know. Very intriguing. She's she's a very large question mark to me because 
she does. She seems like she, everything that she does seems to be purposeful. You know, like it, it seems to hold some sort of But to what end? Yeah, like, I don't know. She, she is like a, that, that like a chair, you know, and that's a a perpetual motion machine where like, Uh. it's like three steps away from being a chair. Wait, what? You know? Okay. So there's this like a, I don't remember which museum it is. I feel like it's at MIT or something or somewhere, I don't know, somewhere in like New England uh, where there's like this perpetual motion machine of a chair that's like always... There's all there's like four or five or six different pieces that are in these different like cycles, right? And then they only meet up together once to become a chair, and then they return into their like their cycling, and then they return to the chair, and it's like back and forth and back and forth. Okay, but she, interesting. And she has like four or five different things that she does, and it seems like they're all very purposeful. You know, like all of her actions seem like they're setting a course for something, but we don't know what mm-hmm. it is, right? So there are all these little pieces. And we know that there is maybe a chair at the end, but we don't know what the chair is. That's an interesting metaphor. Does that make sense? Sort of. It's just like, I feel like there is a purpose for everything that she does. We yeah. just don't know what it is. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So that, yeah, that makes it hard to to guess at her motivations yeah. and, and her, why she's doing certain things. But if we want to guess at why she's using the symbolism here... Um, random guesses that i don't think are probably accurate are maybe she's trying to start a religion maybe encourage mm. the uh the fallen nice um or uh maybe she just like maybe this just strikes more fear into people to really to to call back to those uh that that symbology yeah um like you know, leviathan the snake right the serpent mm-hmm. being crucified is an interesting thing yeah yeah I don't know. She exalt. She also exalt like exerts power over something that that no one else can exert power over, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I feel like she she you know kind of places herself in a different positionality by doing this, one that's like higher than she was, I guess, in terms of like like control over others. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know what why she would do that. You know, huh, she's yeah. very con- confusing. Not yes. confusing, confounding. Confounding. I think. That's a good word for that. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Also, she sang at the end. She was there at the end. She sang to she everyone. Did. And I just I don't know how she did that. Hap- that was does smirk. that do? <laughs> tricky, tricky, tricky. Uh, yeah. Um, is it Mega Fire Seven? Megafire Seven's other question is: I'm also curious about who you'd say is the most interesting character in the story for you. Yes. Um. So I wrote down a lot. Um. But then I realized that I kind of like disregarded the few that I really, really liked and thought were really interesting, mm-hmm. um, which are Rachel and Imp. Um, and Shadowstalker. But I feel like mm. of some other people that we don't get quite as much, but are also equally fa- equally fascinating. Um are like people like Lung and like Eidolon and Canary. Canary's a really interesting one because she like she's present before we see her, but like she's always kind of like that one person who like ends up on the elevator with a group of friends. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's she was uh the the class uh the, the teacher said to break into groups of four and there's a group of three friends and then also Canary. Yeah. Because yeah. like that's what happened when she was on her way to the birdcage is that she witnessed the whole lung and uh, mm. 
back of the thing. Like, I feel like, I feel like she is like a, um, she is a observer in, in, you know, many stages of life. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like she'd be an interesting one to kind of dig into. Yeah. I'm planning to um, do Eidolon as my, my character thing mm. next week or the, the week after next. I don't know if I would call him the, the most interesting. I, 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 I don't think I can properly answer the question. I don't think I can. I, I, I don't think I can pick one and I don't think I want yeah. to pick one. Um, I feel like, I, for, I, like Noelle was also really yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean <laughs> we could just I go on and on. Let's so see characters. So like, many. Uh, all of the undersiders. Well, I mean, even Clockwalker, even if he's not like the deepest, like the most complicated yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, on and on. Uh, one character I did wish that we get more of is Blasto because I love Blasto mm, and I love, I love his crass Latino yeah. ass. Um, I miss Accord. And all his fungoids. Yeah, Accord. Okay, Accord is pretty high up there. It's pretty high up there. Yes. Uh, so yeah. the last question uh, that uh, I am very bad at math asked um, before was. Would you consider doing the same kind of podcast for Ward? This was so fun to get to vicariously relive the read from your perspective. Uh, parentheses and thank you, ah, and thank you for listening. So, thank you like, for listening. See, I'm very bad so, at math, and like, thank you for listening, everyone them, else. There's such nice notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. that's an aside thing. Yeah, no, really, it's it's um, wild that people are are uh, <laughs> that so many people listen to this, and we really appreciate people get so your attention and, and like full of discussion yeah. and everything and i don't know and it's we're just, so cool. long-winded and yet you still listen i know i'm Wild. super impressed every time um but uh, are we planning what, what are we planning next i think is basically the question and yes. the answer is we have not completely decided Ooh. so um uh, <laughs> we do we do have some plans and we do want to do the thing is we don't want to like commit to anything because we're you know we have classes mm-hmm. or I have classes and Clarence is is planning to apply to to grad school uh-huh. right um and it's a lot of stress and things yeah. like that so we're not quite ready to be like this immediately it's not gonna yeah. be starting off the second that this that decomposing worm is over mm-hmm. um but yes we would like to do another decomposing-esque thing covering another of Wild yeah, Ghost Yeah, I think that would be very interesting. Yeah. Now, whether if it's decomposing Ward or uh, decomposing Pact or, or Twig or, yeah, or yeah. Pale, mm-hmm. I don't think we'll do Pale, Probably. but <laughs> um, yeah, we're not, we're not entirely sure yet, yeah. so please stay tuned. Eventually, if we do do something, we'll, we'll have a, uh, an announcement video or video uh, podcast the little thing at the end of the podcast feed yeah. here so stay subscribed yeah and i feel like that uh the sort of um waltzy song that's that's uh perhaps 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 is a is a perf- perfect oh i think it's doris day mm-hmm. yeah yeah yes um yeah so we'll, we'll be doing something mm-hmm. for sure i'm sorry for not Fact committing not. But, you know, that's I, I think one thing we've learned over the course of this show is to for us to not commit yeah. to things <laughs> like uh, release dates and such. Um, we'll probably do something different next time because I, I just it's just uh, deadlines are not we're really, good for me. We're really more like, um, you know, jello instead of stone. Yeah. Yeah. You know? well, see, the, just just to reveal some of the some of the issue. The problem always is, is that um 
you know, we, we could do a like pre-recorded thing and um, record the episodes ahead of time. And then and then it would be fine because we would record them on our own schedule and then release them according to a schedule and it would be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, because we would like to answer listener questions and be live in that sense, we kind of can't do that. Um, so that that that's the the problem oh, there. Yes. So I mean, there's some other there's some solutions possible. Uh, also, just like biting the bullet and trying to be more on time is also possible. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's our conundrum. Yeah. And yes. what a conundrum it is. Uh, do we want to mention anything about Worm right now? Honestly, uh, we've been talking for a very long time. We have. Um, we've, so we've been talking I'm a while. little tired. <laughs> I feel like we can hold um, on like to maybe, some of these things if we want yeah, to bring them to up talk next about, time. Yeah, I think so too. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, some of the things I wanted to talk about were just like favorite story arcs and character arcs and um, just draw out some themes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that can all be done in the perspectives episode. So I think we're going to end this now. Um, yeah. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of, uh, of an yes, overview. Thanks for sticking with us till the end. Uh, so, if you're interested in what we're doing here at, at Doof Media, um, here are some of the things that are going on. Uh, did you know that the 100 episode anniversary of the Doofcast is next week, next Friday? It's wonderful. Oh my goodness. 100th episode. It's it's a great show. I love it so much. Um, and so I highly recommend that people look for, forward to that episode. Um, I think um, it'll be a little bit special. And some other Doof members might be involved in in one way or another. And I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, And related, um, is it next week or is it the week after? I don't remember. The uh, The... Doof and Chill. I think it's Uh, next week. Next week, week, I think, is it the 26th? It is. I know the numbers. I just don't know the days. Yes. Yeah, it's the 26th. It's a Saturday. So um, uh, next, um, so that Doofcast is next Friday. And next Saturday is the Doof and Chill. Um, it's, we're going to be playing, uh, among us and I'm very, very excited for it. So all, um, seven of us, if, if schedules hold, we'll be participating in that. And, um, if you all don't know, among us is, um, a game where you are all crew members on the ship tasked with keeping the ship going. Um, but one of you is a murderer mm-hmm. and you have to find out who the murderer is. It's very um, Agatha Christie. And, Yes, there's been a bunch of different games with this permutation. Um, I think this is specifically a a spinoff, not spinoff, but inspired by a game called Station 13, which is wild. Uh, Don't play it. Just read the stories about it. It's wonderful (laughs) and very weird. Um, But also like Town of Salem and Werewolf and and all of those as well. So I'm very much looking forward to that. So yes, come join Uh, us. Finally. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. It'll be um, Saturday the 26th. I think 9.30 um, Central Standard mm-hmm. Time. And uh, that it's only for $5 patrons and above. So consider donating at that level. Yes, yes. Patreon dollars are, um, you know, they, I feel like they, they sort of open up the the ceiling for like a variety of cool extra bits. Um, so if you want, you can consider donating like the $5, a single dollar, you know, whatever else you can afford. Um, yeah. It's it's very much um, uh, they they provide the ability to to uh, continue to create a lot of these things. So that's yes. right. And if we do, um, if and when we do uh, another show, um, you know, funding for our intro music, 
um, a logo, um, anything like that. That's all going to be coming from patron dollars. Mm-hmm. And so we really appreciate y'all. And, and it, that helps us actually have some some <laughs> quality things, um, not to mention the, the ongoing costs. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we really appreciate it. And of course, if you don't have money for Patreon, we completely understand. But there are plenty of other ways to help us out. You can tell someone about Worm, and you you, you can you can drop a worm into someone's the back of their shirt. Oh, and they'll be like, ah, <laughs> what is that? And then you're like, oh, it's a worm. And then hold hold out your phone in front of them, and then they will, will read it and they will understand what a worm is, uh, <laughs> in that it's a a fourth dimensional entity <laughs> that um, ah. is a. Uh, being a parasite to all of that us. That um, terrifying. That's that's worm <laughs> folks. Uh, <laughs> you can also tell other uh, other worm fans about this this podcast, or tell your professors about this, and 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 um, tell them uh, about how you, you can do some analysis yeah. this way, and maybe point them in the direction of we've we've got worm too. Um, uh, and and the last way, of course, to help us out is if you leave us a rating review on iTunes or whatever your podcasting app is. Uh, We really appreciate that, and it helps the algorithm recognize that we exist. Mm. Tell us what you think. Speak us into existence. (laughs) That's an interesting... I like that. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, So you can reach us us on on Twitter, uh, which is at DecomposingPod. That's where you'll find out about how episodes are always Mm -hmm. late. And also, you know, if if and when we make another show, that's when where you would find out about it. Uh, you can email us uh, at decomposingpodcast at gmail.com. I just realized if we change the name, the verb, then uh, I don't want to change the email. We'll probably keep it the same. It'll yeah, be fine. It'll be fine. Um, and, of course, you can find us in our Reddit threads and on, on Discord, too. If you want to at me, you can. Just be chill about <laughs> it. And also, if it's not 2020 anymore, don't don't listen to this message telling you to at me. Like, like see... For uh, is the uh, verbiage uh, going to change? More recent. Well, just in case I like, I don't know. Maybe we like blow up, and I don't want to get added by thousands That's of terrible. people. <laughs> What's terrible? Oh, 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 I thought you meant uh, in recognition. I see. Okay, never mind. I, I meant added, now. like, like uh, adding me in Discord so I get a notification. Oh yes, no, I understood that part. I thought you meant blowing up in terms of like death. But oh. no, I see now. No, <laughs> Clarence, no. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, yeah, please please comment in, in the discussion thread. So, um, actually, on on that, uh, I want to issue everyone listening a challenge. That means you, yes, you that you're you're listening. If you think, hey, you can't be talking to me. Uh, that's so specific. I'm talking to you. I have a challenge for you. I would like you to write an essay about worm. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't have to be a full real essay. Uh, do whatever amount is is comfortable for you. Even a paragraph. A paragraph is is wonderful. But you know, look at a character, look at a theme, look at just anything that you know when you read Worm like stuck out to you and and that you remember and maybe you've thought about more than once. Um, yeah. And try to articulate either how it works or what it makes you feel or what you can learn from it. If you want, you can apply literary theory, but don't worry about it. Um, you could even do it about like an an individual's powers or about the trauma, anything. Um, and don't worry about like you know, if if you end up echoing a sentiment already talked about, that's still great. Yeah, yeah, you're writing um, and like thinking, and I feel like even just like the act of writing can kind of like bring you into like a purpose that you didn't even know you like had. You know, there's there's something right, about yeah. the act that sort of like brings you to a conclusion. 
Um, even if it's just like a stream of consciousness piece or just like, you know, kind of you sitting and thinking through things like there's, there's, I don't know, there's, there's something that can really, you know, get your brain working, I think. Yeah. In, in yeah. The and uh, I really love to hear uh, what y'all guys, what y'all guys, what y'all come up with. Um, so, yes, please, please, in our discussion thread for this episode, give us an essay yeah, about warm. Share, us, share with us your thoughts. Um, so this is our last, uh, wow. Okay. So in two weeks on October mm-hmm. 2nd is our last episode of Decomposing yeah. Worm, which is, wow, it's weird to actually complete know, something. So strange. <laughs> weird. Uh. Weird. Um, of course we'll still be kicking around and doing stuff in, in a doof network, but, um, yeah. So, so we'll see y'all in two weeks with, uh, the perspectives episode for the final book mm-hmm. of Worm. Very exciting. Shall be forthcoming, I suppose. What do you have here in the in the parentheses? Oh, oh yes. Uh, well, I I had this whole plan about you know being very excited about writing uh, about worm now that I have like the full picture, um, because there's been there's been topics that I've like been kind of you know sort of chewing on, uh, like a cow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that, yeah, that like I, a cow. That I really want to sure. talk about in terms of like um the like presence of like friendship you know and like the power of friendship which sounds very like um after school especially but like it's wonderful but yeah, and then yeah, also it, i mean it is significant um, the sort of uh the the like uh violence that's sort of like inherent in some words that like uh kenneth burke talks about i feel like that could apply mm-hmm. really well here yeah um, yeah it's actually yeah. it's almost like a little <laughs> unfair for us to like with this final episode, now that we've unlocked being able to talk about all of Worm, that now we're done, and so we can't talk about yeah. all of Worm. So, um, you know, there's a part of me that's like, I want to keep doing perspectives episodes, like, but also like, I'm real tired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe at one yeah. point we'll we'll do another extra episode bonus. Yeah. Um, Very interesting. Yeah. See y'all in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>